aggression. I forgot to tell you. Yeah. I lied. Don't make fun of me. What do you mean we're not talking about wrestling matches? <laughs> what do you mean we're talking about big bad beetle boards? Oh god, I hated that show. <laughs> the guy with the big chin. Yeah, he's the bad guy from Lazy Town. He, he, he reminded me of Jay Leno. <laughs> I, I remember his name. His name was Flabber. So what do we do? We got some Beetleborgs. Uh, that was Beetleborgs. <laughs> it just sucked. It was so stupid. Because like the actual show was like. You know, it was like the Power Rangers thing where they took a real Japanese show and they just chopped it up and put little like little kids in it. And uh, like the real Japanese show, it's like, oh, it's fine. You know, it's just it is what it is. It's a bunch of teenagers who kick people's asses and dress like bugs. But they were like, let's make them kids. Why are they going to be bugs? Well, how about they read a comic book and they meet a ghost in a haunted house and there's a Dracula mummy Frankenstein and they, they make them into superheroes. <laughs> it's literally the show. Do you not remember any of this? I didn't watch it. No, seriously. The show is there's three kids who have a comic book that they love about the Beetleborg. They <laughs> get chased. Away they get they either. get chased into a, a haunted house by bullies where they meet a Jay Leno looking ghost, a mummy, a Dracula, <laughs> and a Frankenstein, and they True. give them magic superhero powers from the comic book. True. I cannot. That wait. is all true. I can't wait to not watch it. I think it's on Netflix. Please just go watch like the first. <laughs> Because I'll, I'll tell you, you will not get through the first episode. It is so bad. But at least watch the first 10 minutes just so you can cringe real hard and we can all talk about it later, okay? Okay. okay. I'll try and okay. watch it later. Give it that. If, if it's on Netflix. Like, yeah, I'm pretty certain it's still on Netflix. Because I, I, I can tell you what I'm not, not, not going to do. If it's not on Netflix, I'm not going to go to Google and say, Big Bad Beetleborgs free Big episodes Bad online. Beetleborgs free episodes. Welcome to the Ruthless Aggression. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the Ruthless Folks, I got to say... Oh, I gotta say, the, the insanity going on is absolutely nothing compared to what's happening on Big Bad Beetleborgs this summer. Oh, fuck, kids! <laughs> Welcome to the Ruthless Aggression Podcast. I'm Levi. I'm Kyle. I'm Jake. To our best of episodes, seasons one and two, what we are dubbing as the Aggression Awards. Oh, yeah! Edit in a little clip of Matt Hardy's theme entrance. Oh, yeah! You have to do it now because I told you. <laughs> well, I can't argue that logic. Yeah, there you go. You MFer. <gasps> oh! Banana juice girl! 
So this episode will take you back to our best moments, our funniest moments, and of course, our most painful at times moments. The way that this episode will work is we have 10 awards to hand out today. Number one, best match. Number two, the Brother Sucks Award for the worst match. Number three, favorite feud or angle. Number four, worst feud or angle. Number five, favorite episode. Number six, best segment or bit. Number seven, wrestler of the year. Number eight, flop of the year. Number nine, best pay-per-view theme song. Ten, 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 ten. Number ten, who had the best year in 2003. And lastly, number eleven, who had the worst year in 2003. <laughs> <laughs> So we will run through our personal answers as well as the answers that you, the fans, have submitted. (laughs) Baby, you got what I need. (laughs) (laughs) Say I want to (laughs) die. So we encourage you to take a seat in the Ruthless Roller Coaster as we dive right in. So 2002 and 2003 were kind of subpar years in wrestling. Would you guys agree? Yes. Like nothing exceptionally great, nothing just awful, but just one of the most like just okay years in WWE history. Mm-hmm. But for those, it's like a transition year. Like yeah, there because we're still it's transition years because we're at the beginning of the era, right? Like like a transitional champion. I think that's I think that's fair to say. But, you know, there was a lot of stuff that we didn't cover in the early half of 2002. We kind of started in June on a random episode of Monday Night Raw. It's kind of where our timeline started here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was 2018 when we started this project. Wow. Wow. And here we are in 2020. I mean, a 2003 thing uh, started in, like, back mid-2019, so season two's been going a while. Season two definitely picked up quicker than season one did. Like, there was a, a while between episodes that, like, you really picked up, like, your editing skills and, and your ability to turn these episodes around. Editing so, skills kudos, to kudos to you for that. Like, you've, yeah. you've been able to turn these out a lot quicker, and that's been able to get us get us more shows and get them done quicker. Get her done, as Levi likes to say. He's a big Larry the Cable Guy fan, everyone. Huge. A big reason Huge. for the gap, though, initially was I was in the midst of planning and getting married. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, th- 
Yeah, basically, yeah, for both of us. And then just like trying to work out our schedules. Kyle was, was super. Thing. Kyle was super eager to record it first, and I'm just like, again, not really. <laughs> but I was just like, dang, he's really he's he is on board with this. Yeah, because like whenever you started the podcast, like that kind of was what was what was getting me back into wrestling. It's going back and remembering, oh yeah, I like all this stuff. And then <laughs> since then, I've been like pretty solid into wrestling since. Yeah, like, I'm not a big old smarty boy like you guys. I'm just I'm just a little casual, but you know it's that, fun. That same year, there was all out. Or no, all in. I'm sorry, it was all in, which was the which was a was purely independent show. So, that or all in, yes, yeah, all in, and now now it's all yeah, purely independent. So that was 2018 was kind of a big year for you, and as far as wrestling goes, Kyle. You mark. You're the yeah. putting me back on it. Honestly, jabroni. it was like I'm a big jabroni. Yeah, I remember distinctly like. It's mainly, I know it's weird, but like, not weird, but it's just been funny just to watch. 2016, before I even got into wrestling, it was like when Cody Rhodes left WWE. For some reason, that kind of struck my mind as something like, huh. Because I always thought he was so lame in WWE. And the fact that he was leaving and actually trying to do something kind of made me interested. And I remember he like wrestled at a house, a hardcore show. And I watched like did it online. I was like, that was actually pretty good. And he gave like a really good speech afterwards. And I was like, I'll keep my eye on this kid. And then. Look at him now. It's just really weird to follow that. And that's kind of what helped me transition <laughs> between all these different wrestling things. And, well, we, I just met Jake, so. Yeah. <laughs> when this was mm-hmm. all starting. I met, I yeah, met Jake it was, virtually. It was, it was really kind of funny because, uh, you know, when you're, when you're meeting people, we had just started working together. And you do that kind of feeling out process where you don't know you know, who likes what or whatever. And like, I think one day I had just worn like a Bobby Roode shirt to work or something. And you just like corner me at, at in the warehouse. You're like, so Bobby Roode, huh? No, no, no. I and, cornered you and uh, gave you a shoulder thrust and you kind of like woozy. And then you fell, you sat on your butt and I turned around and looked at you and I raised the roof and gave you a stink face. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what happened. But yeah, like from that point on, like we became we were wrestling buddies and like I started I started listening to the show and then slowly but surely like you're like hey do you want to do you want to do it do you want to be on the show I was like yeah that sounds like a good time and uh and here we are no how it, how it really went folks was they were both working together and Levi was like coming up behind him and then Jake like bent over to pick up a box and he saw his like big purple thong and he's like oh you're a Scott Steiner fan too <laughs> do do we have a big purple thong award we should. Big purple thong award. <laughs> <laughs> That's my whale tail, boy. That's my whale tail, boy. I wonder Do if we... those pink panties are on are going to be on display at his new uh, sports bar. Now that I know, I'm sports. so sad that the Shonies is gone. Oh yeah, I guess we should have a moment of silence for the Scott Steiner Shonie. Z- <laughs> 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 That's all it gets. Uh, it was a moment, not like a full like. You'll be all right, ride. hand cubes. Hey, I I got I got to visit one time. Unlike you guys, <laughs> you're gonna die miserable. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never sleep at night knowing as I can't long, go to the Ackworth Shoties. As long as this sports bar still has Big Papa Punch, I'll be cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was so a thing. Going, yeah, I told you about that. Oh, I like guess you when did. we went. Yeah, it was ruthless aggression, folks. You know, I, I'm sure I've told the story. I'll try to recap quick. Um, he met yeah. Jamie Noble at 
No, this is another story. <laughs> I'm bringing up Jamie Noble again. Now, me and my wife, we went to go to the first fight for the Fallen in Jacksonville. And on our way there, we were like, we got to stop by a Scott Steiner Shoney's. And it was really good. We had breakfast there. It's actually a really nice Shoney's. The Scott Steiner Shrine was cool. But what really caught my attention was the bar had like a sign. And it said like, our specialty, Big Papa Punch, $5. <laughs> and I was like, I, I I gotta try this, it, <laughs> but it was only it was like nine thirty in the morning. The bar wasn't open, and I was sad. Oh, you like? Can I just get it without the alcohol? Just give me the punch. Just keep anyway, the big Then Scott Steiner came out the back and was like, "Oh, you want the punch?" and just smashed me. <laughs> you want the big papa punch? I thought it was really weird, though. Like all of the uh, the servers there were wearing, wearing like really high riding uh, purple thongs. <laughs> it's kind of like a Hooters thing. <laughs> Welcome to Steiner's. <laughs> Welcome to Steiner's. <laughs> you got fancy purple thongs. <laughs> so in in Pullman, I went to a, a football game. Um, in Pullman, Oregon, was playing, and there's a Steiner's uh, furniture store there. And I have video of my friend and I doing finger push-ups in front of the Steiner's, going "Holla if you hear me." <laughs> And then it came out and went, what are you boys doing? Stay away from my store. <laughs> really southern man in Oregon for some reason. Is it, this is in Washington. No, it's the wrestling boys are back. Well, then again, I came up there with my banjo. And, and you're freaking banjo. Where's the sweet tea? Help, I'm lost. That was me. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm old all the time. You, you could edit this out, but because it's like completely irrelevant. Just remember when I came down to the wedding and we went and ate at Denny's with your whole family, and then uh, like we were casually trying to figure out our drinks and the waitress was. Oh coming no, by. that was that was Sherry's pie. It was like oh, one in the Sherry's. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was something like that, but yeah, um, <laughs> she's like, oh, it's like it's like oh, they got tea or whatever. Like your mom just casually was just. <laughs> Talking about the drinks, and she's like, "We don't have sweet tea." This isn't the south or something like that? I don't know if she was trying to be funny, but she came off as a huge bitch. And then afterwards, <laughs> uh, I loved it because afterwards, your mom and Hillary were just like, "Oh, you know, this isn't the south." You know? Yeah. Oh, sorry, guys. So not the south. No sweet tea here. Yeah. Sorry, everyone's allowed to sit in the same area. <laughs> McDonald's had sweet tea, so that's usually where I got my sweet tea. <laughs> McDonald's had had liquid sugar that with tea it's flavoring. Basically, the one place I that needed it most was Ezel's. Ezel's. I don't even know. You're speaking another language to me. I don't know that any of that uh, talk from up north. <laughs> it's, it's a chicken place. It's so good. Okay. I I dogged it at first, but by the time I left Washington, I was like, oh my gosh, I love Ezel's. Oh, oh my gosh. Did so you get? Good. I sent you a picture of it the other day to make you mad. You did. Start crying. Yeah. On on Snap. I ordered it, and I was like, ha, ha, ha. He said, oh, snap. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't see that. But now I'm, I don't have, I don't have to go back crap see that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I may need to get with it. Maybe I need to get with the time app so I can actually talk to people. <laughs> but I'll tell you, Ezel's is amazing. But what's not so amazing is 2002 and 2003 of WWE. Mm-hmm. Hey, 2002 was pretty fine. 2003 was pretty lame. But for those flashes of brilliance, and for the stinkers as well, we present to you the best and worst match awards. That's your little entrance. I made that for you. So for best match. Thank you, Kyle. Kyle, what have you deemed your best match of season one and two? Um, um, 
Uh, best match of season one, honestly, for me, just because it it, for some reason, like, I'm not like an encyclopedia of wrestling knowledge, to be honest. Like, if somebody says, like, oh, you remember uh, uh, Triple H versus uh, John Stamos from uh, Fondle Fest 2004? And I'm like, <laughs> no, you know. <laughs> but the one that really stuck out to me the most uh, was probably the Hell in a Cell between Undertaker and Brock Lesnar. Mm, took the words right out of my mouth. That was that's my absolute favorite Hell in a Cell because, like, it's like one of those things where they incorporated Undertaker's little fake broken arm or whatever, but they did it so convincingly and they just completely used it to the absolute best advantage to tell a story. And like it was bloody and brutal, but it didn't feel like, you know, kind of like later in the Ruthless Aggression era where like somebody like, you know, just thumps Triple H in the head and he's covered in blood. <laughs> yeah. like, and then just Paul Heyman, like that's probably the best Paul Heyman has ever been because he participated in the match. He's getting choked out by, uh, freaking undertaker that was one of the best moments and for sure that's like my favorite from season one without a doubt season two i gotta think about season two a little bit because season two was so crusty it's like a big <laughs> cloud of like what just happened yeah if, if it's not obvious folks uh levi a few weeks back gave us the list of categories and then i lost it so i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm winging it so well, maybe kyle, you should go for two second season and i'll think about my second season real quick well kyle don't you worry because all this will be edited out so that you sound amazing and that you know I what sound amazingly about. smart that's okay <laughs> well i mean i mean for my i did most of my stuff on season two because i i wasn't really involved in season one um, but for my season two, I picked uh, Survivor Series 03 as my favorite match just because, I mean, there was so much goodness happening and just everything was going on and it started and finished so many stories. Mm-hmm. Like for me, that was that was probably the match of the year. Now, folks, presumably I, you're talking about the, the Raw Austin versus Bischoff Survivor Series traditional yeah, tag team yeah, matchup, right? Yeah, Not just the yeah. whole pay-per-view. Would I no, be no. right in saying that, King? It, yes, you would. Yeah, you'd be right in saying that. ho <laughs> Yeah, honestly, that that's probably mine too. Think about it. That was the one that had Shawn Michaels in. Yes, yeah. yes, that was so good. I so, also so good. have. I love Shawn Michaels match. in this era. I also have that match as my favorite. Like in the past, in the I was gonna say in the past, I've like said like Shawn Michaels is probably my favorite wrestler, and like his earlier career stuff is great. But like this is for me, like this is the reason why I love Shawn. Michaels. It's like this primeless aggression era. Like, oh, he's so good. It it makes me wonder, like, was he as much a legend before coming back in 02 as he is remembered collectively in the Ruthless Aggression era? I don't think so. Because I, I think, like, whenever he was around initially, he became, like, such a big deal that when he came back, it was like he had a lot of expectations on his shoulders, and he just blew them all away. Like, he wasn't the same Sean, yeah. but he was still just as good, if not better, you know? I, I think he had a lot to prove, and, and yeah. he, came out, he did that. And yes. I, I think there was a lot of it was a redemption tour for Shawn Michaels. And he's like, "This is what I this is what I can do. Like, mm-hmm. check it out." <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's it's the Survivor Series look for him was way better than initial uh, elimination chamber look. <laughs> the Dutch boy haircut and the unfinished the Dutch boy haircut. <laughs> <laughs> freaking like, I don't know, he had those fucking, those dumpy like mankind looking <laughs> pants on. Oh my they gosh, yes. <laughs> They're so bad. These are white when I got them. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw the big show and got scared. Well, Jake, humor me. Is there, you know, it doesn't even have to be within the timeline. Do you have a favorite O2 match? 
Um, I really don't like just go. I spent most of my time focusing on on O three, but when you guys brought up the the Brock and 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 Taker match, I was like, oh yeah, that was pretty good. But for me, I, I spent most of my time focusing on O three. That's fair. Any runner up, like my runner ups in my mind, are basically like any really high profile tag match with like Eddie Guerrero and Benoit. Oh yeah, and then. And then, honestly, just because it surprised me with how much I actually genuinely enjoyed it, was the um, the title match between Brock Lesnar and Big Show, mm. where Lesnar was injured and stuff. Because, oh, from Survivor Series. Yeah, I believe so. Because the one was Big Show on. won. And, yeah. yeah, and Heyman turned, and Brock had, like, the injured ribs or something at that point, wasn't it? Yeah, like for realsies. Yeah. Because we, I think at that point, like, you know, with our big show, we rip on him a lot. But I think at this point, we all have, like, a mutual respect for him. And he's kind of like, oh, he yeah. He's a, he was a lot better than you remember, you know, because we're just yeah. so used to late era big show that at that point, we were still kind of laughing at him and making fun of him, like, for real. But, like, I think that was a turning point where I was like, dang, he, he was actually good in this match, <laughs> you know. There's more to big show than just being a dominating powerhouse. There's, like, a method to his madness is what I mm-hmm. have learned in this past season. Yeah. I mean, him, I think he is really solid, like fundamentally, and he knows his character and he does it really well. It's just, you know, in his later years, booking completely failed him, you know? Well, if that's what you think, it's the big show. So if we're all in agreement on the Raw Survivor Series traditional match being our favorite match, why don't we take a quick listen back on what we thought of that match in our episode Survivor Series 2003. Give it a listen. Hey, big juicy clip from the Ruthless Boys Survivor Series 2003. Team Austin versus Team Biscoff. So they keep the shot on Austin's reaction, and the realization is just setting in. You know, he's fired. Oh. He goes in to check on Sean. Slowing, slowly getting up, you can see Sean mouth, I'm sorry. I love you. <laughs> I knew I couldn't get out of that with (laughs) And I love when Shawn Michaels does this. Just really communicates indirectly with um, people watching at home. Home. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, just just think if you're like live and you're just like, man, I I could see Shawn say I love you after the match or I'm sorry or whatever it is. It's just a subtle touch that adds so much. At first, I was skeptical of Shawn blading, but I was so wrong. It was just perfect and he did it better than mcmahon did that's for sure (laughs) and i'll chalk it up to like i wasn't completely sold on this story watching it back now back in the day i was sold on everything wwe did just about but Mm -hmm. i I wasn't completely sold on this feud leading up to it watching it back and when i saw sean start to bleed at that point in the match i was like oh well is that necessary but the real action started once it came down to Sean against Orton, Christian, and Jericho. And my goodness. <laughs> hey, isn't it crazy that Scott Steiner gets a, a five-star out of this? Yes. Yeah. I mean, he did nothing to deserve it, but <laughs> his name is attached to it. It's the group project. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was just so wrong. And the visual of Austin and Michaels walking to the back. Sean is just covered in blood. The contemplative looks on their faces, it's just masterful. You can't get much more perfect than that, that's for sure. 
So Austin comes back out, and he gets in the ring and just soaks it in one last time. Says, and then he says, I'm sorry, we lost. <laughs> we ate tomato starts, sauce. He starts crying. He actually walks in a puddle of Shawn Michaels' blood, and it's just really gross. And then he falls in it and pretends he's swimming like he did with beer that one time. Just yeah. to give you perspective if you've never seen this match, but if you have not, go out of your way to watch it. It's like 27 minutes long, but it is so worth it. You know, we're we're supposed to assume this is Steve Austin's last run in the WWE. So why don't we why don't we buy into that and just cut uh cut to Austin's speech right here. I'm gonna uh splice it in right here, so let's take a listen real quick. I started my career in nineteen eighty nine right here in Dallas, Texas. Looking for it to end the night. And I ain't happy about a damn thing. But if it's gonna end, at least the one thing I feel, and it's been a hell of a damn ride. And I appreciate every single thing that you people have done for me. So I am, am, excuse me, I am feeling at least somewhat justified that it ended in Dallas, Texas. ups and downs and it's been a hell of a ride and there's been some good times and there's damn sure been some bad times and you ain't gonna hear Stone Cold Steve Austin say this a whole lot but I'll go on the record of saying I love the shit out of you guys but you know all good things must come to an end so of course coach has to come out and taunt Austin so Austin takes, uh, he takes out Coach's security that's accompanied him to the ring, and he beats up the coach. One last stunner, one last beer bash. Austin leaves two beers in the ring and leaves. Who are those for? One for him and one for us. WWE Universe. We're all going to share that beer? Yep. So take little sips. I want some. <laughs> going to get like a like a needle and dip it in there and then just as soon as there's like a bead of little drop of it just flicks it so you get like the teeniest little drop in your mouth awesome bear so for now we say goodbye texas rattlesnake happy trails troubadour well why don't we cut to a commercial break while we remember the legend stone cold steve austin I gotta do my. I gotta. Hey, 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 Kyle, Kyle. Yeah? Yes. You know, you know what the issue is with this podcast is doing what this is it, bro? with Levi is that brother sucks. Ah, man. You know, I was gonna say I wasn't gonna say anything, but as soon as Levi uh, got.
I was like, Ugh, brother sucks. Brother sucks. And you know, like, I always think he's going to get better, but you know, what's he going to do? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> what you going to do? <laughs> oh my gosh. So brother sucks. Jake, if I was to ask you, what does that mean when we say brother sucks? Brother sucks is the lowest of the low. Like it, it's a, a match that makes you hate wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a match that if your friends or family walked in when you're watching it, you would be ashamed to have to explain what's happening on your TV screen. Brother sucks is a level below wrestling. It's carny work. Brother sucks is awful. That is excellent. What I have written here is what once started as a sign of a thumbs down developed into something much more, something more sinister. Simply put brother sucks is the ultimate thumbs down. Mm-hmm. Brother sucks is the ultimate thumbs Brother down. sucks is the ultimate <laughs> bad episode. It's a creepy lady talking about brother sucks. Welcome to what? pizza. I want to. I want to roll up to a Taco Bell and be like, "I want a chalupa." <laughs> this creepy old lady. Brother sucks. No. <laughs> <laughs> So let's take a quick listen to where this idea was born from. The brother sucks. <laughs> Here from our episode, No Way Out 2003. I smell a big, wet clip. No Way Out 2003. I do something, build it up on SmackDown. Like you've been doing. Yeah. So like it was just so unnecessary. Yeah. And then, and then especially the end after like, you know, Vince comes out and starts showboating just so over the top it's so stupid so uh like, man let's pose <laughs> that stupid shirt he's wearing you know <laughs> or a, you know the front said like what you gonna do and so he put oh, nothing and on the back it says like brother and then it says sucks which makes no sense it's so weird yeah. it's odd phrasing it's very odd phrasing it has nothing it shows, little, it shows little nipples and <laughs> pretty little nipple what Pretty little puppies. Oh, you guys like my very pretty. Nip- this is the nipple cast. I'm you guys like my pretty little puppies. It, yeah, it has nothing written over what you're gonna do. It, it's backwards to me in phrasing. I'm like nothing. What you gonna do? Brother sucks. <laughs> Brother sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's just a sub. Brother sucks. Oh, like man. Hogan's not saying like I'm brother. He's calling you brother. Maybe he's just that's a real <laughs> deep cut to Brother Brutal. Oh, man. Freaking Vince McMahon attacking Hogan, ruining Rock Hogan 2, and tearing off his shirt to reveal. <laughs> that sucks so bad. What you're going to do? Nothing. I really need Kyle to describe the shirt here. Just one more time. <laughs> it's 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 like the Hogan shirt, his like return shirt, where on the front it says, you know, what you're going to do? And then on the back it's like, brother. Isn't that how it is? I think so. Basically. It's it's either ones on the front, ones on the front. you get it. It's on the freaking shirt. But Vince McMahon edited it, so it says, "What you gonna do? Nothing." And it says, "Brother sucks." Right under it, it looks so dumb. <laughs> Such odd phrasing. It's like brother sucks. Brother sucks. <laughs> so we just kind of took that and between our No Way Out review and WrestleMania 19 review. I took like two and a half months to prepare for the WrestleMania 19 review. 
And I'm like, I've got to work this into the show somehow. <laughs> and so at the time, I was like, okay, no more thumbs down. It's a brother sucks. But it's then, but immediately Kyle was confused and he was like, what? <laughs> I thought it was just the ultimate thumbs down. I'm like, you know what? That's a better idea in real time. Yeah, it is now. So it from Backlash 03 forward, we developed the brother sucks, which I believe you two guys used for Goldberg and Rock. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't quite remember, though. <laughs> Basically, about any Goldberg match gets a brother sucks, or at the very least, like... <laughs> the latter half of down. 03. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, I can't remember all my my... I mean, I'm sure I've given a Goldberg match a brother sucks, but I honestly, like, I feel like they're just... They're not even, like, so terribly offensively bad that they make me give it. They're just so boring that I just give, like, the most, like, uh, thumbs down to, you know? It, it's funny for me because, you know, my, my passionate hatred for Goldberg, like I naturally want to give him the brother sucks no matter what. But then by the end of 03, I was vindicated every single time I did because <laughs> brother sucked in every single match he was in. Goldberg's such an anomaly because, you know, for years you hear about how he was so mishandled and booked incorrectly. But I, I just shared this in our Armageddon 03 review, but I was like, you know what? I'm watching Raw every week. I'm watching all the pay-per-views. I'm, you know, I am privy to what's going on with Goldberg. He is being booked better than anyone could ever ask for. He's a monster. Yes. And just because people like to say, oh, they put a wig on Goldberg. That was one time for five seconds. And Goldberg's like, yeah, Goldust, get out of here. Not a big it's, deal. Yeah. It's, was it a big deal when Kurt Angle had a little cowboy hat on? No. I, th- I think, yeah, a lot of people put it on the booking because it's like, you know, they could have handled his character better. I mean, his character is very loose in WCW. It was just an intense guy that kicked everyone's asses. But it's like, if you're so good, you should be able to carry yourself no matter what. And he just couldn't. No. It, and it seemed like everything he did backfired, like whether it was his car not working and then like him insisting that they use his car so it would be cooler and then just totally screwing <laughs> up the, like the whole angle. And, yeah, because it was his car. Because he's like a big whole, car man and he thinks right, people care about it. Right. And yeah. Nobody cares because we're wrestling fans. We're a car fan. And so, yeah, just completely ruined. He, he could have been out there in like a 95 Honda whatever and no one would have cared they would have been like oh look that's what he had for a rental like no one believes that bill goldberg is driving these muscle cars all around the country to these arenas right Mm -hmm. like come on i'm starting to think we should have called this the goldberg award (laughs) (laughs) i would if i like i feel like when i i have to be very measured when i take an attack at goldberg at this point (laughs) you know it kind of rolls off the tongue i give this match a big fat goldberg (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man and then not, not, I, uh, folks i know we like to stay ruthless here but just going to the modern era how these like contractor for the next few years oh my god what are they thinking they're taking a big fat goldberg right all over us that's right <laughs> <laughs> but this is the brother sucks award and jake i gotta ask you what is what gets your brother sucks award so it, it went down to the judges and i have a t- i have a split I have oh. two selections. Ruthless judges? Is that Gilgo and Boberg? Boberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I have. Um, they both involve Vince McMahon. So like that's how we're going to make this work. Um, I have Vince versus Zach Gowan and Vince versus Stephanie. 
as my two Brother Sucks matches of the year. <laughs> oh, wow. Mm. Two solid mm. choices. I'm not going to lie. Even though I did like the Zach Gowan versus Vince match. <clears throat> I already got my Brother Sucks match in the shotgun barrel. Kyle, Blood what gets way, your baby. Brother Award? <laughs> brother Award. My Personally, just because I remember being so miserable watching it because I was so, like, unentertained was i think it was from bad blood it was kevin nash taking on triple h oh my gosh yes that was so bad because it was the absolute worst of both worlds it was screwy stupid finish triple h and it was oh my god kevin nash you shouldn't be wrestling you're too worn out get out of here oh god it was so bad i remember being angry watching that match because i think the pay-per-view to that point was like Awful. Not very good, but like for some reason, I remember. But the podcast you recorded before, like you know, Jake did the recap of the episode kind of to come, and I was like, "Oh, that pay per view sounds good." Right. And then everything sucked, and then I was so hopeful for the end that it would just be like a like a very fun train wreck of a match. But no, it was the culmination of all the terrible stuff we had seen before turned up to ten. And then how they, like, after he lost in a stupid way, how he went on this little, like, oh, I'm angry, let me kill Triple H, just to try to get his, like, <laughs> momentum back, and it didn't work. Oh, my God, I hated that so bad. Brother sucks! I think anything from Vince, anything from Goldberg, and anything from the Reign of Terror that is Triple H is a pretty solid choice. Yeah. Yeah. What, what about you, Levi? What do you think? <laughs> I went in a completely different direction. What? 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 And my answer comes from season one. Oh. And that would be Ooh. Don Marie versus Tori Wilson from No Mercy <laughs> 2002. <laughs> <laughs> I, if I remember correctly, I reviewed the match in 60 seconds, or under 60 seconds, rather, and uh, it was a short match. Dave Meltzer rated it like a negative half star. It was garbage. Mm-hmm. It was absolute garbage that I would rather watch a Goldberg versus Triple H match as opposed to this. Listen, Levi, I know, I know, like just hearing it, I know that that match sucks, but it's so forgettable. I don't remember anything about it. Yeah, like, what, what, what makes it so bad? Because you seem like you've had this chip on your shoulder for a while. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call it a chip, but rather like it's kind of like kicking He's someone the when they're down. Feet. It's kicking someone when they're down. I'm yeah. just pointing and laughing like. Tori, when her finishing move was the swinging neckbreaker, a.k.a. the RKO. <laughs> we remember this. Um, it was just yes, like a yes, little yes. three-minute match. And wait a minute. Did I just hear myself say three oh minutes? And of course it got the three-minute warning skit of the night. Of course it did. Maybe it did. It should have. But yeah, that gets my brother sucks award. Which reminds me, Kyle. Yes. You're known around these parts as the Diva Inspector. Ooh. <laughs> Maybe I am. And I just gotta ask. What kind Are of Are you a virgin? Are you a virgin? Oh. <laughs> I just I gotta ask, man, like what kind of rigorous work goes into your studies on these divas? Um I watch it. I cringe a lot. I do a lot of sighing and face palming. And then I just go, okay, it's for the good of the podcast. I have to watch this. And that's about it. (laughs) Do you believe it'll one day drive you insane? Of course. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You pretty little puppies. 
So, but, I don't know. <laughs> I, I gotta say, though, I gotta say, 2003 compared to 2002 has been a little, like, well, I'd say a lot lighter on the, uh, on the defense inspecting stupidity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. 2002, we had hot lesbian action. We had the cat fight girls. Wasn't Tori Wilson and Al Wilson? Wasn't that no two? Oh, two and oh three. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was both golden thong awards. Like 2002 was packed with like divas goofiness. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had divas desert heat. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, don't you have that? You have it on VHS. I do, yeah. Have you, <laughs> well, I have the one. I have the one where they're in the Virgin Islands. The, Are you a Virgin Islands? <laughs> <laughs> Hometown of Molly Holly. I would watch. I would watch those videos if somebody said that you could just like see a king like peeking out of a rock in the background. <laughs> just like, ooh, ooh, ooh. like a Where's Waldo, but with king. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> folks, folks, folks! I got a free. Uh, as the official Dave Inspector of the Ruthless Aggression podcast, if you want a really just like a good look into honestly how the divas feel about all this, because you can just kind of tell from the way they talk and just a, a little backstage glimpse of how just cringy it all is. They did a wasn't it a confidential episode about the Golden Thong Awards? Yes. Yes. I went and watched it. It's on. You can find it on like Daily Motion or something. And it is so, so bad. Like you could just oh. tell. Is it? Uh, it's so bad that uh, it just smells like doo doo. Boom! Oh, shut up! No. <laughs> yeah, the Golden tell, Thong like, all, Awards. All Golden Thong Awards. That is that is a road we have not traveled in quite some time. Uh, yeah, like it's great. The, the behind the scenes thing. I don't want to give it too much away. I just remember um, distinctly. You know, they did a gag. We're like, oh, Rico's gay. <laughs> Cause he has dance, a thong dance, dance, and, he, dance, dance, dance. and he, and he comes off as like a genuinely really nice guy stage. Um, and then edge, they have him in character doing an interview. Like he's in the backstage of this camera and he comes off as the biggest, disgusting, creepy pervert. You know, you figured they'd get Jerry Lawler to do that. <laughs> no, they, they, that, that would, that would bring up bad memories and probably some charges. <laughs> well, they'd be like, Jerry, get out of here. We've told you not to bring your camera in the locker room. Well, fellas, why don't we take now, a listen look? to the camera? It's it's my bouquet of flowers. It's got like a big '90s VHS camera, like a. <laughs> it's not very well hidden. <laughs> why don't we take a stroll down memory lane in the ruthless roller coaster and take a listen back to our best diva inspector moments? Prepare the eye self. We got that Kyle double dip. Best diva inspector moments. The ruthless aggression pilot. It's basically just that Jackie, her name was the tough enough, tough enough winner. She just came in like, "Hey, Mister McMahon, um, I just wanted to come and talk to you about you know this Saturday or whatever, and yeah, I want that golden thong." And I was like, <laughs> "Golden thong award?" It's like I'm just giving you a peek of the goods, and then she disrobes and she's wearing a skimpy lingerie, and he's like, "Oh." That's nice. I should cheat on me, my wife, with you, you know. <laughs> and uh, immediately then, I was like, one, I was reminded, oh yeah, this is this is why they had the whole Divas Revolution. And then two, what the hell was the Golden Thong Award? <laughs> I, I I had no idea. Like, and and it sounded so stupid. And I'm like, is this like a tournament or something? So, I I uh, open my incognito browser and I Google Golden Thong Award. <laughs> And yeah, they just did a uh, 
weird divas uh, lingerie kind of swimsuit uh, booby booty contest just uh, just for the fellas and it was uh, something called divas was it divas undressed or something like that yeah I found it was an episode of the that old uh, was it confidential WDF confidential Mm-hmm. It was the post-Raw show where it was like, was it like in kayfabe or not? Um, Confidential was kayfabe, yeah. Yeah, and they were, you know, they were trying to take it serious. It was just showing the backstage of what was called the Thongathon. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> like, okay, I guess they just didn't want to call it just Divas Thongathon, so they just called it uh, Undressed, so it could be more marketable, but... Uh, it was Edge taking a port of like a, a handheld camera and going through being a creepy pervert, being like, "Hey, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Trish, how's it going? <laughs> what, are you, what are you gonna be wearing tonight?" <laughs> and cut in with interviews with uh, King, being like, "Oh yeah, I like butt cheeks, boy," you know, and all these girls just being like, "Yeah, this is stupid." Like you could tell, none of them cared. They didn't give a crap about this. Like, they were just laughing it off. Like, yep, you gotta see it tonight. <laughs> and then the competition is just them just just powering through. Just like, we're models. We're used to this. And uh, it was just, wow, it was so embarrassing to watch. It's that old crap divas kind of stuff they used to pull. Have you, did you see any of the divas undress special, Levi? Oh, yeah. I tuned in. Uh, with my sister. And, uh, <laughs> your, sis- your sister watched it with you? So we didn't watch it for too long. Because we didn't really yeah. know what to expect. It's like, oh, WWE, of course we're going to watch it. They're going to fight. That's it. it, right? Exactly. And so my only memories of this was, I, th- I think it was Trish Stratus came out. And she turned around. And she's wearing this thong. And Paul Heyman is like one of the judges. And he has this disposable camera. And he's just... Click, 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 so many pictures. Yep, yep, I remember seeing that too. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, I don't want to watch this anymore. <laughs> and what, so, um, what happened to so, the backs of their underwear? It's in their butt cracks. They all got wedgies. So as far as who won the golden thong, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> it, it was it was Tori. It was old Tori Wilson. Uh, you know she has that hanging up on her fireplace. It's oh, like, yeah. yep, I won the golden thong. That's, that's my title, the golden thong. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, she's going to go, she's not in the Hall of Fame. One day, she'll go in the Hall of Fame and be like, oh, Tori Wilson, decorated winner of the Golden Thong, making Divas history. (laughs) But, uh, the the thing that stood out to me the most was there's a part, like, all the interviews were candid and in kayfabe, and you could tell, like, the girls, they thought it was dumb, obviously, but they were having fun, you know? And, uh, but then it cuts to... I guess Vince was just like, hey, be serious. Take this seriously. And so there's two girls that are just like, I would be so honored to win the Golden Thong Award. It is like a dream come true, you know? And then that one girl that just recently in the episode of Raw Undressed, what was her name again? Uh, Jackie. Jackie. She is like giving this spiel about like, yeah, you know, I think this is a great opportunity for us as this, you know, to show that we're, you know, really strong, capable, independent women. And I'm like, oh, man, don't try getting getting too deep here at the Golden Thong Award, ma'am. <laughs> this, 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 is just, this is just to give the fella some eye candy. <laughs> That's about Strictly. all this is. 
for Vince to rub his hands together and go, yeah, it's the future. <laughs> you're going to go out there and you're going to get in your underwear. And we should make this I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very a very dark time. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. If you want to see, just Google Golden Fong Award. It's one of the first videos that comes up. It, it, it's worth the watch because it's just, man, it's like a time capsule to win. The WWE was a bit cringy when it came to the ladies. <laughs> Remember Al Wilson and his mega schlong? You don't? Well, shut up and listen, you big silly man. No mercy. 2002. Yeah. It, it's like, it was so redundant. It was just like, it's like, oh... Mr. Wilson, how did you feel when Dolph Marie showed you her big titties? And, and then he just kept showing all the clips every single time. It's like almost like that segment was making fun of the feud. Because uh, just to let just key, key you listeners in, it was basically just Funaki saying, hey, what about when Dolph Marie showed you her body? Here's the clip. And then showed the clip from SmackDown. And then he would basically say the same thing again. It would show the clip. And then it showed, like, the Clipper, like, oh, what about when you were in the shower with her? And it showed where Tori caught his her dad and Dom Marie in the shower together. And Dom Marie, for all intents and purposes, looked completely naked. But her dad was, like, fully clothed. <laughs> and then he, 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 uh, he, it was, it was a big, weird, creepy vibe. So the whole thing was, like, mildly uncomfortable. And then I'm very happy that Funaki, like, the whole point of this, I guess, was to point out the absurdity of the angle and just to ask, like, why were you wearing your clothes in the shower? <laughs> and then he, he, her dad followed it up with a, a very lame, even by that standards, old, you know, like, oh, I had no sexual relations with that woman, Bill Clinton joke, so. All because they're in Arkansas. Yeah, that was that was really like, uh. <laughs> but I love Funaki, so, so that's that's the one good takeaway. I know, he, he ends it with, uh, with a very funny line, in my opinion. He goes, it seems Al Winston does not understand English. Because <laughs> oh, he doesn't answer the question, honestly. So. I swear. You know, I, I want... Armageddon, 2002. Basically, for the past uh, while, uh, freaking Tori Wilson and... Don Marie, right? That's her name, Don Marie. Yeah. Okay, so for the past while, Tori Wilson, Don Marie, they've been having a little spat. Uh, uh, Don Marie is dating Tori's dad, Al, and she's like, Why are you doing this, you hoe? And then <laughs> she finally is like, Tori, I'm just doing this because I want to get close to you. <laughs> and so uh, she lures. Uh, uh, Tori to a hotel room and implies that they do or don't get it on. Yeah, you, I think they kind of imply that, you know, maybe that didn't happen, but then the next night, uh oh, everybody's talking. Oh, they did do something. They did do something. Oh, my God. And uh, <laughs> then they just like teasing, like, I got a videotape of us lesson out to he. And they're going like, I'm going to show it. I'm going to show the pay per view. And, uh, yeah, they basically just comes out and shows the dumb tape. And, like I said, at this point, I was waking up, and it was so uncomfortable. Like, it, here's a very specific thing. I'm sure not all our viewers will will uh, 
we'll relate, but did you ever, as like a very little kid, um, have to, like you had somebody watching you or something, like an older person, and whenever soap operas came on, that was like your designated, that's your nap time. Yeah. And as a kid, that's, that was for me. I had a neighbor woman that would watch me, and soap opera time, that was designated nap time. So I'd lay down, I'd fall asleep for a few minutes, but I'd always end up waking up to the weird, awkward sounds of soap opera, where there's like no music, you could hear a pin drop. Everything is just so oddly, like audio-wise, it's like you only hear two people talking in dead air. And it's very uncomfortable to hear as you're trying to fall asleep. And that's the feeling I had as I was waking up to this stupid video. The video starts, and it's just Tori coming to the hotel, and Don Marie is scantily clad in her little robe. And she's like, hey, Tori, I'm glad you can make it. You know, you must really love your dad if you're willing to do this. And she's like, stop it. Let's just get this over with. And eventually, you know, she takes off her robe. And also she had her broad panties. They didn't have to have no match or nothing. (laughs) She's like tempting her. And she's like, oh, you're so pretty. She brings out strawberries. And she's like, "Mm, you want a strawberry? It's almost like the strawberry is like the tip of a penis. (laughs) I mean, she doesn't say that. But I mean, come on. That's what they're implying. Strawberries. And she's like, "Mm, that's nice. Here, have I helped you get get all half naked Tori and that'd be nice and so they get half naked and uh they start you know she's like mm, give me a big old, big old wet kiss mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. give me a wet kiss Tori <laughs> they finally do and they're doing that awkward like I'm a model who is paid enough money to just kind of like say who cares and kiss another girl so it's not like an actual real kiss between two people like it's just that like kind of just taking two lips and going um, kind of kissing it's a very awkward and of course there's a bunch of creepy like horny guys in the audience who are like woo yeah yeah and then Al steps up he's like stop the tape cut it out cut it out I don't want to see this no more you can't do this Aubrey and everybody's booing and they're like no bro we hate Al we all got boners HLA HLA <laughs> and eventually they're like come on Al let me start it again there's still so much more to see so much we do you know <laughs> and so they start to tape again and it's more awkward kissing and eventually Al's like nope not having it sorry fellers nope and then everybody's like Boo! and then they just leave and that's it the end. And then it cuts to, you know, <laughs> JR and King talking. And it's like, well, you know, I must say, you know, that, 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 that shocking tape is certainly something. Oh, yeah. I should mention that Don Marie's trying to spin it. Like, I love you, Dad. And this proves that Tori is a degenerate sex pervert. And it, okay, whatever. <laughs> and. I'll say it didn't get to, you know, audio, JR and King are just going back and forth like, oh, that, that tape, oh, man, there, there's, that, was, that was some sex, wasn't it? <laughs> King, of course, is being gross. And I wrote down at one point, King was like, oh, where's the rest of that tape? Oh, come on, come on. Oh, you know, that's coming. I can't, I can't stand up now. Oh, my God. It's like, oh, my God. So, yeah, that's the tape. Wow. Sorry to, 
Sorry to waste everybody's time with this, but that's how it was. <laughs> I give it the biggest thumbs down in the world. It was absolute garbage by future Hall of Famer Tori Wilson. Death by Snoo Snoo. Royal Rumble, 2003. So what you think about the pre-match package? It highlighted the, the wedding and honeymoon where Al passed away from... Death by Snoo Snoo. <laughs> uh, it was it was kind of creepy and dark and weird. Um, it's honestly kind of odd seeing Al play a fake dead version of himself, considering he actually did pass away. Rest in peace, Al Wilson. Um, but I mean, the whole thing with them, uh, Don Marie attacking uh, Tori at the at the funeral was pretty pretty intense. You know, I guess if there's one thing I can say was good was that it was kind of like oh shocking oh my gosh you know yeah and that's really all I can say for that <laughs> you know and mostly it was just kind of dark and weird so um, Kyle I sent you a picture a while mm-hmm. ago of them on their wedding day on Smackdown mm-hmm. oh, yeah. uh, which Don Marie she promised to uh, get married in the nude. That's that's such a Vincent Man thing. Go out there and say, say you're gonna get married naked. That'd be fun. To as you. much crap as people give Vince Russo, like uh, the other Vince was just as bad. Yeah. So uh, it's thing is, or, uh, with with Vince Russo, I, I say his ideas were good as long as they are filtered. But Vince, being the head, his ideas were straight unfiltered and mm. exactly. So you got Don Marie in her underwear, but she's like, uh, they, they said that about me, but they never said anything about you, Al. I'm going to so, pull my wiener out. And everybody's going, dong, dong, dong. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just going. <laughs> <laughs> slapping everywhere. <laughs> oh, man. No. Um, so he gets, he strips down to his diaper, uh, <laughs> Kyle, can you describe this uh, exact attire for me? Okay, he's wearing these gigantic old man, just funky tidy whities and y- you notice something about them. <laughs> <laughs> Some- something a little odd. Uh, they have this gigantic package in his pants to make it look like he's got this big mega dong. Like, it's not just like, it's not like a little bulgy. You know, like, it's, like, wrapped around his leg, like, comically so. It's like, isn't that pretty funny? He's got a big dinghy. That's what she wants him. <laughs> Nobody wants an old man. Old people are gross. <laughs> but this one, he packs a punch. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, oh, so, they get married. Yep. Um, and then the next week on SmackDown, you see their honeymoon, which, uh... It's pretty much Don Marie like, Al, let's have sex. And she, and look, she, look, like, she looks at the camera and goes, oh, what are you doing here, pervert? And just gets him out of there. <laughs> <laughs> but Al's just like, oh, again. And so um, we, end, we end SmackDown pretty much by, uh, she's like, uh, hey, let's do it 100 times. <laughs> Not a quote, but she's like, <laughs> Al... Ah, he's dead. And so uh, SmackDown ends with uh, them performing CPR on Al Wilson. Uh, only Kyle could see my air quotations there. 
they literally like shock him without clearing the room or you know saying clear and uh they just <laughs> he fails the test or something and they just pick him up on a stretcher and carry him out of the hotel room <laughs> it's like how illegal can we get here <laughs> yeah. uh and so he's dead probably he's dead. because of the medics but um uh then we have his funeral and uh Kyle what do you remember about the funeral of Al Wilson did you pay your respects back in the day no I did not pay my respects did you say Wilson. hey teacher I got I got to stay home from school today I got I got a note I got a note that says I'm mourning Al Wilson <laughs> I, I got a week off from school <laughs> oh my gosh just your whole school just left because they couldn't bear the weight of it anymore I remember um distinctly on the news the um the White House put the the flag to half mast for Almost. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um so yeah, uh it appears that Don's like putting on a front here at this wedding at wedding, excuse me. Um funeral and um Tori, she comes in and Don was like you never loved your father. And the only real salvageable thing out of this was when Don slaps Tori Tori sells it so well that it convinced me, like, man, she's not only feeling a lot of physical pain, but a lot of emotional pain here. Because her face just told it all. Teary-eyed, shocked. Like, I loved it. Like, mm-hmm. Hall of Famer, Tori Wilson, good job. Good job, Tori. Uh, and so... They, like, that's, like, they, the only part they use in her hype package, too. They wrestle around, and uh, they <laughs> bump into Al's casket... And here's the thing. Stephanie pointed this out to me. When Al comes cum- uh, tumbling down out of his casket, his arms go from crossed to down by his side. He's <laughs> bracing for impact. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They used the real Al Wilson. <laughs> I loved it. It was so funny. So Dawn, she hits Tori over the head with the lamp, and here we are. Stepmother versus stepdaughter match. Yay. H. L. A. Unforgiven. 2002. Uh, would, would you like, would you like to run us through this uh, I'll go through memory, um, because it's a really dumb segment and terrible. Yeah, Eric Bischoff comes down, he's like, hey everybody, oh, 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 doesn't Stephanie, does Stephanie come out? Yeah. And he's, Later, Wait. yeah, he's like, but he introduces the lesbians. He's like, this one's Peaches, and this one's Green Go. And of course, you know, <laughs> Jerry's like, oh, I want Peaches Green. And uh, I think eventually he he's basically just like, but uh, you want to see him do some ha? And they all get kind of half naked or whatever. Everybody starts chanting HLA, and they get half naked, and they're about to like feel and lick up uh, Stephanie's face and stuff. I don't know what they're going to do to her. Les her up. And then he's like, no, 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 stop it! Stop it! Stop! And he's like, no, I don't, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want these lesbians. Get out of here, these lesbians. I'm going to bring in the biggest, nastiest, fattest lesbo! Like, at this point, he stops using the word lesbian, because lesbian, that word's hot. Lesbo, oh no, that's gross. And and so, 
he, he says, oh, I found this lesbo. Brings out this big old, big old fat, fat lady, air quotations, uh, that doesn't look like anybody recognizable whatsoever, you know. I, yeah, it's, it's, it's Hildegard. Hildegard. He introduces her as, as Hildegard. And at this point, uh, Hildegard is not obviously anybody at all. It is obviously a woman in uh, a women's clothes. Nothing, nothing secret about this. And, uh, uh-oh, Stephanie, <laughs> gotta give her a big old smooch, and they're all laughing. But then, uh-oh, what, what's this? What's this? Hildegard rips off uh, her uh, not-obvious wig and not-obvious uh, prosthetic face, and it's just Rikishi. It's Rikishi, ah. And he goes, and guess what? He gives, he gives Eric Bischoff a big old stink face. And then uh, Stephanie and Rikishi dance, and that's that's it. That's the big, the big uh, HLA HLA paper. The first ever historic Miller Lite catfight match, WrestleMania 19. What about these girls? <laughs> oh no! Come on, that, that's disgust. <laughs> Yeah, come yeah, on, okay. JR. Right, right back in for the Kyle double dip. We got the Miller Lite catfight girls. Uh, yeah, so they bring out the catfight girls. Everybody excited? Say yay. Yay. Sure. Uh, <laughs> we find out black shirt, of course, is Tanya. The pink shirt is named Katana. So Tanya <laughs> and Katana, the MLCFGs, uh, come out. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking coach is trying, you know, coach is sitting there, you know, he just popped his blue chew. He's getting excited. Uh, they got this bed on stage. It's not even in the ring. I figured they would be, ch- be, be cheeky and put the bed in the ring so everybody could actually watch it. No, it's just on the entrance stage. Um, <laughs> he uh, coach says, oh, no, the rules are simple, but also quite complex. <laughs> and it's it's like. What it's, it's a, pill, it's, it, it's this a pillow match fight, contested people. under Miller Lite catfight rules. <laughs> Miller Lite catfight rules. The first ever historic Miller Lite catfight match. <laughs> uh, you know, I thought this one was good, but I thought the one at WrestleMania 26 against uh, Undertaker and uh, Bill Cosby's better. Bill <laughs> Cosby. Um, so, yeah, they start like you know, slapping each other with pillows and stuff and all that crap. And, you know, here comes old Stacy and Tori and they start joining in slapping each other with pillows and rolling around and stuff. And then eventually Tori and Stacy just rip each other's tops off and they start rolling around. Like the, the catfight girls are almost in the background at this point. It's all about Tori and Stacy, uh, obviously cause they can actually do stuff. And of course, you know, they rip their tops off and then Tori flips over Stacy and start spanking her and coach is just like having a seizure of horniness right now. <laughs> they, you know, catfight girls slap each other pillows and then Tori and Stacy start rolling around on the ground and then eventually roll and knock over coach and roll him, roll over the top of him. And then he stands up and he's like, Oh no, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and then uh, eventually they drop coach's pants. Like <laughs> let's show him horny little weirdo. And uh, his his complete bare dick is out on stage. No, <laughs> they trip him up and roll him up for a pin, despite him not being in the match whatsoever. And then I guess one, two, three, it's done. Yay! And thus concludes the saga of the Miller Lite Catfight Girls.
Thank would eventually you. go on to win uh, singles gold. No. I should have been a, a literal cat in the cat fight. Backlash, 2003. Here comes uh, Stacey Keebler storm into the women's locker room and pops in and all of the women just happen to be in there and they're just, it's like they're just hanging out they aren't really doing anything it's the women's like locker room sitting in a chair just like patting her makeup and like they brought the entire women's roster in just to record this one dumb second despite like none of them appearing in the show and stacy confronts tori and it's like hey tori i heard about what happened and then tori's like Oh, I'm not going to be specific. I'm just going to assume we're on the same wavelength. Oh, I'm so relieved. And then, of course, Stacy's like, so you confirm it, you dumb hoe. And they both start <laughs> fighting, you know, grabbing each other's hair, knocking each other to the ground, ripping their shirts off to expose their puppies. Woo! And uh, the whole time, you know, uh, King is being a disgusting freak. Like, oh, yeah, beat each other up. Yeah, flop those titties out. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> They're trying to, like, the, the locker room is trying to pull them apart and stuff. And it's one of those things where they hold the shot on it way too long, so you start to hear what they're saying. And it just sounds so bad, because uh, Stacy keeps repeating, like, but she's with my boyfriend! She's with my boyfriend! Or something like that. You know, because they're 16 years old. Yeah, and yeah. this is so freaking terrible. It's, like, bad, like, high school drama stuff. And the, these are all supposed to be grown adult women. <laughs> but here's the thing. The best part about this segment, and quite possibly the funniest thing I've seen on the Ruthless Aggression podcast, you have Ivory. She's in a towel. And she's holding a cat. Mm-hmm. Mind you. That. Mind you, we have, uh, we have a sexual assault on this pay-per-view, which is awful. But we also have animal cruelty. As they're r- rolling around on the ground, Ivory throws a cat <laughs> on them. And the Wait, cat no, I runs did not away. notice that. Yes! I told you about that, Kyle. Did I not? No, you never told me about this. Oh I my missed God. this completely. Yes. I did too. Because it's funny. Haha, cat fight. She throws a living, breathing animal cat I, on top of these women. I don't believe this happened. I'm going to go back and watch this. Tori Wilson's got her Playboy shirt. Oh, fight starting. Oh, there you go. Oh, they, oh my God, there's a cat. <laughs> oh, my God. She threw a cat! <laughs> <laughs> the cat should have like a little Miller Lite shirt on. Why? Why is there a cat? I said the same thing. And I looked it up on Google. No one's talking about this cat. <laughs> Why is there a cat? And at first, I didn't see that Ivory threw the cat. So I'm like, a cat just ran across! Why? Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> it threw a cat, and she's in a towel. Why did she, why is she, did she take a cat to the shower? Cat is part of her gimmick. Why did she have a cat? <laughs> that's, that's a... <laughs> Oh man! Why? Like, there's no reason for there's no reason for there to be a cat, and it's like it doesn't have anything to do with anything. Because oh it's funny. God. It's funny. It's cat fighter. It's a cat. I can't believe it's an actual yeah, cat. It reminds me of Grumpy Cat. <laughs> yeah. I thought the same thing. Yeah. 
Why the hell was there a cat there? I can't believe it. Hey, fellas, I'm a little hungry. Uh, y'all guys mind if I get something to eat? Yeah, sure. Let's cut Levi, to what, what are you What are you thinking of having? Uh, I'll let you know after the break. Let's let's cut to a commercial break real quick. Hey guys, if you're enjoying all the ruthless recap, then you'll love this advertisement. Now listen. Hamburgers, some oh. hot dogs, hot dogs, <laughs> Teddy Grams, got mustard Grams, there's some skitty, skitty. Oh my gosh! I I hope you guys are hungry because all this food reminds me of my favorite food. Uh, I mean, feud. Oh. <laughs> Is that literally your transition? Number three, favorite feud angle goes to for me, mm-hmm. Austin and Bischoff. Now, I want to be clear. From an actually entertained standpoint, this feud was not good. I hate this version of Austin. But talking about this feud in the podcast has been one of my favorite parts of season two. So I I give it my favorite feud or angle. Jake, what do you give your favorite feud or angle? My favorite feud or angle involves an angle. Kurt Angle. Huh? You see what I did? That was like my So yeah, Kurt and Brock, man, just watching those two go at it, it's just it's just pure wrestling and it's mm-hmm. it's fun. And for anyone who's who's just a fan of the Kings sport, it's or pardon me, the sport of Kings, it's just it's fun to watch and it's good stuff and it's snug and it's tight. And you can tell there's times when they're not working. And you can it's just it's just so good. And for me, 
just the enjoyment I got out of watching two masters of the craft really go after each other. It, it was a lot of fun for me. So, so Brock and Kurt gets my nod. It's funny because like thinking about it for me, it's a bit more layered. And honestly, it's like, it's like a combination of the both of yours in a way where it's half serious, half not. But honestly, it's really, it's really a lot of nostalgia because for me, of course, like when I was a kid getting into wrestling, this was like the era I watched. And so going back the feud that in my mind, I was like so giddy to finally relive because I loved it as a kid and I still really love it as an adult was the feud between Brock and John Cena. Mm. <laughs> I loved it. Whenever he does his freaking rap, when he's like, I'm PlayStation two, you're straight up Atari. You know, <laughs> it's so good. I loved it. I remember being in school and drawing like little uh, comics of uh, Brock <laughs> Lesnar beating the crap out of John Cena. <laughs> Seriously, it's like little stick figure versions of them. That really is layered. They, yeah, that's the only layered. short time that they ever feuded uh, up until but, 2012. But I, I genuinely was like, I, I love this tea. But if I'm being like dead serious, like which one I think was like most satisfying. I agree with Jake, Brock versus Kurt. Because I, I, I love Brock Lesnar in this era. So if it's a top feud, it's got to be a Lesnar feud. And it's either him, Kurt, or him and him and taker you know dude i see your point because now that i think about it i remember drawing on my like homework assignments just austin force feeding eric bischoff to the point where he looks like squidward when he eats all the crabby patties <laughs> stuffing hot dogs down his throat the good old days your mom would get sick be sick of hearing you she'd be like you'd be like mom are we having for dinner spaghetti spaghetti <laughs> you do that for everything did you hear something no <laughs> Why don't we take a listen back to the Redneck Triathlon of sorts. Oh, God. oh my gosh, Redneck Triathlon. And relive the eating uh, <laughs> hot dogs and, well, uh, to, let's just take a listen here. Baja Blast, cheese, roll-ups, it must be Judgment Day, 2003. So Eric Bischoff, he's like, he comes in, he's like, oh, 50 well, Everybody be dead. They tore the building down. <laughs> What's half of yours? Half of mine. And um, he's like, hey, eat this hot dog. It's got too much ketchup on it. <laughs> and, and Eric Bischoff's like, hot dog? You want me to eat a hot dog? Because apparently he's, Eric North, he's Northeastern all this. Go back and listen. I know, I uh, okay, I got to go back and listen to this. That's he says it just like that. I'm like, you're from Minnesota, dude. Well, then, can I uh, make myself a uh, wonderful host and offer you this hot dog? Hot dog? There you go. How about it, kid? Just made hot it myself. dog? Yeah, I just made it myself. Pour it up. Yeah, you know what? I don't think so. No, no, no. You're, you're saying that you don't appreciate my generosity. Which he says. Yeah. Hot dogs. And this will start Eric Bischoff's lengthy night of food consumption as well as beer consumption. Bad blood, I mean, bad blood, 2003. We cut to J.R. and King. J.R. says, oh, that was a significant victory for Nowinski and Mac. And all I have to say is we will see about that. And all I got to say is the Mac is back, baby. Woo! <laughs> back the Mac. Now, uh, King, I got to say, are, are you a virgin? <laughs> How do you like it? <laughs> hey, hey, Jr. You ever hear the song "Brown Sugar"? 
Uh, no, how does that one go? Uh, you know, the one by the Rolling Stones. It's about, uh, anyway, what's up coming up with this match? I never listen to Rolling Stones much. I, I listen to uh, uh, the Beatles. <laughs> I, I don't like Rolling Stones so much, but I have a little chocolate cake, you see. But I, went from, I do like the Rolling Stones. But I went from so listening to the Beatles to just beating, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I must say, uh, uh, my favorite Michael Jackson song's got to be Beat It. That's all we're bad ever come around here. Just beat it. See, beat it. So, okay. What the hell are we doing? <laughs> so, they bring up the redneck triathlon. Jerry Lawler yeah. immediately loses his mind over the pie eating contest. Now, uh, King, can you please explain this to me in, in excruciating detail what the pie eating contest means? Because where I come and understand it is you're talking about like apple pie and such. Is there some kind of second meaning behind this? What, what, how would Conrad explain this to Jim Ross? How he would be like, oh man. Well, oh, that's a, that, no, I, I don't know. I can't get my Alabama. Oh, <clears throat> what does that sound like? Uh, you know, we're talking about uh, eating that coochie right now, right? Oh yeah, boy. I mean. <laughs> Hey, yes. Folks, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. You know, I, you know, I, I, I don't mince words on this podcast, folks, but I am DTF. Oh you know my I mean? god! <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, I was, I was hoping one of y'all say uh, Jr. According to rumor, innuendo uh, pie <laughs> contest. <laughs> it's, well, it's not like cherry pie. What, what do you mean, comrade? I, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, what what kind of writing is that? I mean, it's a wrestling no. show. And you got yeah, you got to have beautiful women, right? But they they can be talented, like Gail Kim. <laughs> so so Jr. He gets a little confused and says, uh, <laughs> he says that'll be a first for you to call. Does that call itself? Well, in any event. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they take us back to Monday Night Raw where they spun the wheel to find out what they'd be having and uh, in the said pie contest. And Eric Bischoff is down, you know, oh, cherry pie, strawberry pie, chocolate pie. Hot <laughs> dog. <laughs> he didn't say it like that, but now he did. So. But Stone Cold, Stone Cold has to fill him in. Yeah. You know what The Rock's talking about, right? When he's talking about pie. Talk about Frito pie. It's not really a pie. It's just chili and Fritos. It's delicious. So, um, get it a Whataburger. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> so, 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 Jake, what kind of pie are they talking about? Just for the sake of it. Uh, oh, hi, hi, hi. There are many kind of pies in the WWF. Remember that song? No. Oh yes, oh, yes, the rock pie. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the rock pie. Uh, they're talking about sweet old poontang pie. Uh, uh, they're talking about committing the act of cunnilingus uh, on, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a potentially attractive young female. Uh, so then we find out on Sunday Night Heat that there'd be a 
burping contest, which is up first on the docket tonight. Uh, oh, yeah. And if after both of these events, if needed, we'd spin for a final event. Wait, I think that's unlikely, though. Yeah, I mean, Stone Cold's going to go 2-0, right? It's, it's, his, yeah, it's his contest, right? It's his yeah. contest. Duh. Jim Ross informs us that, uh, you know, I want a burping contest in 8th grade King. They paint this picture that, like, you know, good old JR, he's excited about the silly nature of the burping contest. And King, he'd rather watch the risque pining contest, but but we all know. JR wants the ladder. Hey, you know, folks, I noticed uh, between Eric and uh, me and King, well, there's four of us and, and four of them beautiful women. So, you know, we, we just divide up the goods even, and I think we're all good. Uh, donde esta la coochie? <laughs> <laughs> we come backstage to Terry and Eric Bischoff for the first round, the burping contest, even though they just said it was second. <clears throat> Nevertheless, what do you guys think of the set here backstage? We got a we got a big wheel and a chainsaw on a log with old <laughs> beer boxes in the background. What do you guys think? It all just seemed to kind of be in the way. It just looked messy, which I mean, that's a point. Redneck, but it just looked like garbage. Have you yeah, ever I, met a cleanly redneck? A cleanly? Clean redneck. A clean redneck? I, yeah, I don't know. I I don't I didn't know that chainsaws were specifically a redneck thing. Mm-mm. Oh yeah, working outside, you know, with the with uh, expensive equipment, you know, Yankees, Northerners, they wouldn't do something like that. Can you can you work can on you? a farm and not be a redneck? Because apparently you, you can't. Because I mean, my my question is because I always thought that the redneck had more of a, a Texas and a Southern connotation. But I mean, we we chop down trees up here a lot. Uh, the logging industry is a lot more of a northwestern thing than it is a southern thing. Hence my 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 thing. We, can, we cut down the trees so we can get to them squirrels easier. Each <laughs> for squirrel stew. Anyway, squirrel stew. I'm gonna kill me a snake and eat it. Come on, come on, so, kill me. Oh, so, so Terry informs us that there are, are rules to this burping contest. Each man gets three burps, and whoever has the longest, loudest burp will be declared the winner. Uh, long story short, these burps are a lot like wrestling. <laughs> They're predetermined? Yes. I, you know, after watching this, it, it makes me mad that... Um, that Bruce Pritchard tried to put it over as, uh, or Eric Bischoff maybe tried to put him over as shoot burps. There's no way those Wait, were real burps. Did he really? Yes, on the podcast. Oh my gosh! Get up, get alive, man. Get real. Yeah, for real. It's not a burp that's real. He said, like he said that they were recorded, but they were real burps. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, if you want a real burp, I got one for you. <laughs> What it reminds me of is uh, David Letter when they're talking about is it fresh? Oh, it's fresh frozen. I was just basically imagine this, folks. They're just going back and forth with these big canned fake burps. It's basically just like, <laughs> like this. <laughs> like these are probably all the burps they use. I'm just looking on YouTube burp sound effect. Now imagine Steve Austin and Eric Bischoff just opening their mouths like, this is real. This is 100% real. Oh. 
Oh, yeah, uh, didn't work. Kyle, well, my sound didn't work. Well, hold on. It's real. It's it's my turn for the burp contest, and I just have to say. <laughs> oh yeah, well it's my turn, and I got a big one, baby. <laughs> And this burping, and the best part is, is our burping contest is better than the burping contest on Bad Blood. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're moving. Okay, I got. I got one more. Came out the wrong end. Came out the wrong end, folks. That's how Steve Austin lost. He crapped his pants. And this is how we got nominated for Best Comedy Podcast in 2019. Quality, yeah, folks. Quality. You should look up diarrhea sound effect on YouTube, and you too can be nominated for an award. Uh, so yeah, during this redneck triathlon, uh, King's the MC. Of course, he's like slobbering, like I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm coaching. Um, Austin Bischoff come out. Uh, you know, Bischoff is just, you know, when you think about this practically. So Eric Bischoff and Steve Austin are out there, and Bischoff's like grinning ear to ear, like rubbing his hands, like I'm ready some pie. All right, you gotta think he's way too excited to perform a sexual act in front of thousands of strangers, in, including what I presume to be children there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, for for other things, like, oh, she's going to show her titties live on air. You know, you can kind of get past that, like, oh, yeah, they're going to find some wacky way. But this, it's like, imagine if it all went to plan. Like, it, it all just happened as it happened. This would be the first X-rated WWE pay-per-view. <laughs> So, anyways, it gets to the point where Austin's like, "Yeah, you, you know, you get to go first, but I choose the flavor." And you know, you mentioned that you like mature women. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> See where this is going. And uh, Eric is like, uh-huh, "Yeah, yeah, I, I do like uh, mature women. Uh, whatever. What does this matter?" Well, <laughs> come on out, lady. And here comes, of course, May <laughs> Young. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She's licking her lips and rubbing her body, and Eric's like, oh, no, she's old. That's gross. <laughs> and so Austin's like, well, if you're too chicken, I guess I win, Big Daddy. <laughs> and uh, so Eric Bischoff's like, all right. He goes and kisses her, and he's like, top that, Austin. And Austin's like, nope, 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 nope. You just gave her a big, wet kiss. It's a <laughs> pie and contest day. And so... um Bischoff is feigning vomiting in the corner when Mayon goes and kicks him right in the berries from behind, <laughs> causing him to uh, lay up for the stink face, more or less. So May whips off her skirt, revealing that she's wearing a thong. <laughs> oh, it's funny because she's an old lady and she's a thong. It's more, normally would be attractive, but she's so old. <laughs> And uh, gives him reverse stink face, just kind of buck and bronco. <laughs> reverse stink face. <laughs> language, if you <laughs> Right on the Bischoff's face. And he's like, oh, oh, God, no. And he's screaming. And Austin's like, I guess it's my turn, baby. And he's like warming up his mouth. And then he gives her like a really, really stiff stunner 
like Linda McMahon esque, which stunner. no one popped for. Right. They're no, because like, oh. this is Stone Cold that just a year ago was beating up on Deborah. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> beating up on old May. It wasn't funny. Yeah, and he, uh, I guess it's like, I guess I forfeit. And then we go into redneck overtime. But isn't this, isn't this the, uh, the one where May stuffed her, her uh, undergarments with fish? Yes. I, is it? Yes. You got to fill me in on this. Go ahead, Jake. Well, um, so the, they had it all figured out, and May came, came running out of there so fast because she was late. She missed her mark. Because she was busy <laughs> stuffing her panties with sardines. That, uh, what, so, what, did she, uh, what did she say? I can't recall. No, wasn't it like, oh, man, we need you. I'm stuffing my panties, fans. Oh, no, yeah. It was uh, <laughs> like Moolah came out, and they're like, we need May. We need May. And Moolah's like, she's stuffing her panties, Vance. And Gross. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, she, and, like, I, I haven't done it, but allegedly... If you pause the screen, you can actually see the uh, the sardines in her her panties as she's she's headed straight for for Bischoff. I'm going to admit, uh, I try to avoid the sexual stuff of the ruthless aggression timeline, but I did try and see if I could see fish eyes, but I got too grossed out. <laughs> if I'm being <laughs> no, honest, I, that's... I don't I don't blame you. <laughs> I, I I didn't try to look. I'm like nah, 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 bro. Miss me with that fish, Gucci. So, uh, another great redneck segment. <clears throat> so, yeah, we're going into redneck overtime. They're going to have to uh, spin around the little the little wheel of magic to see what's going to come next. Vengeance 2003. Yeah, unlike the uh, the one time that, like, Jinder Mahal just completely flopped. Anyway, one egg. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you? Jinder Mahal is sexy. <laughs> when that whole mess with him being champion was going down, I heard something. We are voice. not talking about Jinder Mahal. <laughs> stop it. You stop it right now. No current product talk. Let's just get, don't get. I allowed the reference, but I will not allow discussion. I the reference. <laughs> get out of here, Levi. <laughs> you know what? Okay, fine. I'm, 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 I'm done with this. Anyways, uh, welcome to welcome to Taco Bell Cast, Kyle's new podcast. Where I, I review every menu I Bell menu, starting with uh, cheese roll ups. Dude, I love the cheesy roll ups. Dude, Dude you're freaking lame. That's so lame. Anybody, anybody who goes to Taco Bell and gets a cheese roll up, you deserve to get beaten up. Uh, no, or you're six. You're a sissy. You go Taco Bell, get a cheese roll up. Okay. What? Reel it back, folks. Reel it back. Uh, come on, Austin. I like cheese roll ups. <laughs> you gotta eat a big burrito. Cheese roll ups. <laughs> Burritos. Come on. What about cheese roll ups? Cheese roll ups, you're some kind of girl. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly pronouncing Bischoff has slowly become my favorite thing. <laughs> I will drink this taco. Taco. Tacos. Oh, come on. I'll tell you right now, you're going to eat this taco. You're going to chug down this Baja Blast, I tell you. You want to eat tacos? I get to pick the flavor. <laughs> I chose a Doritos Loco Cool Ranch. Oh, come on. 
ranch. <laughs> Doesn't even taste like anything. <laughs> cool ranch. <laughs> you got any fire sauce? Medium sauce? All right, final take to Verde. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, um. Teddy Graham's bonus episode, Kane Unmasks. So basically, it was Lance Storm versus, uh, I forget if he's going by Garrison or Lance Cade. Uh, but Steve Austin pretty much comes out and he goes, Boring! Boring! So weird, so weird hearing him chant that too, because it doesn't sound natural for some reason. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Boring! Boring! <laughs> <laughs> he even brings out a little pillow and a blanket, makes a pallet on the uh, on the stage. He's like, "Bring me a, bring me some apple juice and some Teddy Grahams. I'm ready for my nap time." <laughs> <laughs> oh, not the Teddy Grahams! <laughs> what? What? Gotta catch up. <laughs> Teddy Grahams. <laughs> 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 so, at any rate, um, so. oh my gosh! Uh, okay, like well, I, I can recall, like recording the episode and being the time. Like we are all like that was so dumb, and by the end of the show, it kind of got tiresome. But looking back, like it's so dumb fun that whole thing. Right. I think those are the <laughs> kinds of things that really stand the test of time when it comes to recording. It's just the stupid things that we've covered. And then oh, yeah. and then when we have time to sit on it, we're just like, cheese roll-ups and just stuff like that. Okay. This is this is a bit of like, I've been thinking about this, honestly. Thinking about a bit of like, Ruth's aggression, Kyle redemption. Um, I distinctly remember... It was one of the first few episodes I think we recorded as a trio, and it was whenever um, oh, what's his name? Why can't I remember it now? Hold on, you can edit this out because it literally just blanked on his name. Okay, Sean Stasiak. <laughs> yes, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, yeah, I just remembered his name. Uh, it's freaking Sean O'Hare. Oh yeah, whenever, was he was, whenever he had the devil's advocate thing. Like, for some reason at the time, I just didn't get it. And I remember dogging on it fairly hard on the episode. And I just got to say, in retrospect, I was wrong. Like, I'll fully admit that. We can get a ruthless retcon. The devil's advocate thing was pretty fun. And I would have loved to see that fleshed out. It never got a chance to run. Yeah. Was it because he died or did it just fizzle? It just fizzled. Like, they just didn't creatively go anywhere because he stuck around for a while. Well, the last time we saw... Sean O'Hare in the in the ruthless timeline, and we'll never see him again. It's yeah, they released him. Vengeance three. He was part of the barroom yeah. brawl. Oh, so, that's right. And he he didn't he like bust out some nunchuck moves with the pool cue or something. <laughs> he did. <laughs> so that I mean that should tell you all you need to know about how you know his character wrapped up. <laughs> oh my gosh, that barroom brawl. You know that that honestly like for me. That was fun. I li- I loved that. It yeah, it's so weird for me. It, that teeters. That's so between being a so stupid. It's fun and honestly, a brother sucks for me because <laughs> it felt like I think it would have been a lot more fun if the whole point of it wasn't to get JBL over because right. JBL in this period just is just 
kind of bad. He just attacks him that his likes hair. to fight, who is clean cut. He just looks, yeah, he looks like a dad who's like, hey, what are you doing? You know, you know who he looks like? What? He is one bad neck tattoo away from looking like Cody Rhodes. Oh, God, you're right. <laughs> J- JBL? Yes. Think oh about it. Gosh. The short, blonde, spiky hair, the the all-American smile, just a white boy. They're, they're wait, one of the same. Wait. JBL doesn't was- have blonde hair. Dude. He does for a while. Yes. There's, I, there's I, I, I forget this I'm, entirely. Dude, he's he's come out. I've sent videos of it, and it's just like he's coming out. He's like, "Hey, everybody, it's Bradshaw." He's just like waving to the crowd. Just he's definitely super- got blonde hair right here, like yeah. currently in the timeline. Eventually, mm-hmm. it's brown. It's it's fading brown. He's got blonde hair, just like a champion blonde player. Boy. I got long hair. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Train a lamb about low. He doesn't remind me of. Co- well, he reminds me. Of, uh, he reminds me of just like, like if he had a, a, a crappy goatee, he reminded me of like he's trying to mimic test or something. <laughs> That's good. Like, hey folks, who wants to see my test? <laughs> oh man, I got a feeling we're gonna come back around to that later. <laughs> Probably. So oh, I already yeah. know what category that's gonna. So what you're saying is the barn brawl could kind of go into the worst territory for you it was like i'd watch it and still enjoy it but like the ending i'm just like look at me i'm jbl i'm a bad well, well, mow my lawn and watch football it's like <laughs> your dad get out of here well then tell me for the tell number me why. for the number four <laughs> tell me so, why so, <laughs> okay, tell me why i forgot you made that that is perfect please put a clip in that right now okay Okay, there you go. Thank you, Brian. Last. Jake. Yes. Okay, it was slow. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Tell me why. <laughs> did you tag JR in that? I did yes. not. Oh, yeah, I did. I did, actually. And I, you responded like, that's pretty good, cowboy hat emoji. <laughs> I sent it late, so I, I think that's why I didn't get any response from it. But Aww, if, yeah. if, you had, if you had hashtag Blue Chew, he would have read it. <laughs> WWE porn. Just say, hey, just write, say, JR, uh, Liv Morgan's naked at the end of this video. Okay, on. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me why. No. <laughs> anyway, what what were we even talking about at this point? I, I was tran- I was transitioning into our next award, the worst feud angle, and I was gonna say, you know, "Hey, Kyle, feud? what do you deem as your worst feud of seasons one or two? Well, I'm glad you asked because just as I was saying, Test and Scott Steiner. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> for me, Test and Scott Steiner, because okay, people criticize WWE for not sticking long term booking. This has been the longest, most evolving, ongoing angle and feud. Like it's so bad, but at one point, like later on, it just becomes intriguingly bad. Like it's like Test. It's like, oh, yeah, Stacy, I love you. You're managing my brand, testicles, haha. And then he becomes a weird, abusive, pervert guy. And then, of all people, 
Scott Steiner, freshly, you know, made look like a huge bitch by Triple H. It's like, <laughs> hey, you should stop, stop messing around with Stacy. I'm going to be your best friend. And then they fight over her like property. And then like, for real, like one pay review, like the one paper we watched, it was the one where Scott, didn't he win and get the services of her or something? Yeah, that was. Or was it the other way around? That was bad blood. He won the services of Stacey Keeble. He got her and it was like, yay, good moment. And then the next pay-per-view, because I didn't really watch the the shows between for the next pay-per-view. All of a sudden it's like, he's bad. (laughs) And owned owned by Test. Like, Test now owns Steiner and Stacy. Yeah, like, they were just dual, like, hey, let's be friends! Let's both fuck with Stacy. yeah! (laughs) (laughs) And then, at some point, didn't Stacy just, like, disappear altogether? I don't know. Is this a boys club at that point? It became a boys club. And then they started doing and then it started repeating the uh the Billy and Chuck angle but with them. And then Scott Steiner came out. Suffer Kane, you suffer Kane. <laughs> that was the funniest recap. Hey, it's a Ruthless Aggression live cover. <laughs> I, I love that recap because they treated it so seriously. For one of the goofiest, <laughs> worst matches you could ever see. <laughs> For the worst one. It, like, whenever it showed Scott Steiner with his glasses off and he has his little boy eyes. and <laughs> you <laughs> I love it. Thank you for reminding me of that. I forgot about the suffocate part. I have that song on my playlist, so I listen to yes. it time to time. <laughs> Just, you just look at a picture of Scott Steiner and shed a tear. But only because I heard it here on the podcast. <laughs> okay, so that that's mine. That's my worst feud. I mean, we, like I said, a lot of the bad stuff in here you still enjoy. But, man, it was so dumb. So, anyways, who's next? That would be Jake. What is your worst feud or angle? I got a feeling me saying that's going to relate to Jake's feud. Yeah, I, I have Steiner <laughs> also. That was, I have oh, but you I did have Scott Steiner? I have Tesla Steiner, but I also have Shane Kane. Oh, oh man. Yeah. I was hoping you'd say a Goldberg feud because I said, who's next? I, that was a pure coincidence. Oh, oh man. Lay up. You worked it. Now I feel yeah. stupid. <laughs> hey, spontaneous side award. The worst uh, missed opportunity layup joke goes to Kyle for doing the Shockmaster impression saying, hey, what's your favorite move in wrestling? I think it's the double underhook DDT. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and not the Spaginko. I don't know why it just didn't come to mind. <laughs> that was great. The double under. <laughs> just the most Did random you move that? you could think of. Here, just put put the clip in right now, Levi. Okay. Reverse chin lock by Danny. Danny gets too cocky. Spinebuster by Farouk, which allows him to make the hot tag to Bradshaw. Uh, here I come, everybody. I'm, Brad. I'm Bradshaw. How's it going? Oh, Bradshaw, welcome to the show. Hey, I've been smoking too much. I don't know why it's always a for Bradshaw. Hey, hanging out with the Shockmaster. Hey. Sid Vicious. <laughs> come at me, Sid. That's how it's like. on the lips. <laughs> So, Shockmaster, what's your favorite move in all of wrestling? Hmm. Probably the double hook DDT. I don't know. <laughs> the Oh, why did it? I'm stupid. Yep. Set it right up for you, man. <laughs> hey, hey, everyone. Hey, hey, everyone. Kyle sucks. 
Uh, guys. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I kind of suck. I suck the B-A-double-L-S. <laughs> the double <laughs> So I botched that. I suck. Jake, don't you remember we were talking? I was doing a Shockmaster impression. No, I do remember. I was yeah. emulating what I did during. Oh, okay. I thought you were legitimately like, what? I was doing me. Okay. You did you well. Oh, like, yeah. That was a convincing you, Jake. That was a convincing you. you. Just like that. Yeah, now now I'm going to do Levi. Hey, everyone. It's Levi. No, it's Levi. Hi, everyone. It's Levi. Hey, Lois. Hey, hey, hey. Now tell me who I was. <laughs> oh my gosh! Shut up! <laughs> hey everyone, it's Peter Griffin. Oh no, they got me. Thanks. Now tell me who I would. I've been working on this all weekend. Back to home. That's what he says in it. That's what Jr. says in his book. You know, since since uh, you know, since Jan passed, oh I've had a lot of time to contemplate on life. But in my free time, I do my family guy impression. <laughs> That's how he copes. It's actually kind of um, sad. Under the oh, hey, 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 I guess who I am. Oh, hey, guys, try to catch me. I was a naked deaf guy. Did you get it? <laughs> hey, hey, guys, a, a giggity giggity, uh, a, a giggity goo. Uh, tell me who I was. <laughs> you know, I got to think Quagmire probably popped a few blue chews. <laughs> I think Quagmire probably created blue chew. Hey, hey, uh, hey. Hey Conrad, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Jr. Uh, hey, for Nick Blue Chew ad, how about I do my my world famous Quagmire impression? <laughs> I don't know if that's a good idea, Jr. You can't. You, impressions aren't the best. Oh, you what are you saying? I shook. Here, try my Peter Griffin. <laughs> uh, 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 hold on, I gotta remember what he says. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll try Stewie. <laughs> uh, 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 dang it, woman or whatever. <laughs> This partially me playing. This partially me playing dumb Jr. and me not really remember. <laughs> so I haven't watched it in like ten years. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you and, and such. Bow, <laughs> <Foul> woman. <laughs> are, are you a virgin? Oh my gosh! So, what did I vote as my worst segment or feud? I bet you're wondering. Yes, I am. <laughs> I thought long and hard about it. Long and hard. And Steiner and Test came <laughs> close. But I had to give it to Katie Vick. Oh. Uh, mm, mm. That's very that's very good. That's solid. Which can't fault you. And which to me birthed one of the craziest off the rails talking points, talking about Kane and Triple H from uh No Mercy two thousand two, uh, where Kyle just was just going and rolling with the jokes and would not stop talking about the semen cane. <laughs> Demon semen. So let's take a listen back to our worst feuds and angles here. Who wants to see my testicles? LOL. X. D. Survivor Series. 2002. Stacy Keebler. She's up the world. Whoa, Jeez. whoa, 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 whoa. I think you're passing up something. What am I passing? Uh, That's literally what I'm getting to. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? I thought you were just going into the match, you you flopping fool. No, I said Stacy is at the world. Oh man! Oh, Stacy! Yeah, I, I thought you were talking about. Oh, man, she doesn't even have a match on the show. 
I know, I'm stupid. I'm thinking about her and her testicles. Anyways. So Stacy's here uh, to introduce the live at the world. She says she's uh, surrounded by a throng of testicles. Of testicles. That's how she says it. Like, she can't really sound excited. She just sounds like fake excited, like bad acting or excited. So, Kyle. Yes. What's up with the testicles? Uh, it's just her, that's just test. I think she's like, her boyfriend in this is test. And it's supposed to be like she's organizing a little test fan club. And uh, she calls test fans testicles. Exactly. Because it's like, it's funny. It's like, test, testicles, get it? It's a little joke. It's like <laughs> balls. <laughs> so Stacy Keebler has collaborated with test as his marketing manager. Oh. She pitches, the rock has his people. Kane has his Canaanites, which really? is terrible, by the way. I, have, I, I had never heard of Canaanites. Yep, that was a thing. <laughs> okay, I mean, you could have said Undertaker and his acolytes, but whatever. Hulk Hogan has Hulkamaniacs. What do you have, Test? You have testicles. This, it could have said Edgeheads. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and I promise, when I'm through with you, your testicles will be huge. Ha ha ha. And so Tess is like, oh, oh come on. And so she gets him on the microphone after his matches and stuff. And he's like, thank you, all my testicles. And I was like, yeah, I love testicles. So it's over, but I guess for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> and then uh, Tess is like, he comes out and he's like, I really want to sh- like show appreciation to my actual testicles. And he pulls them out. <laughs> the big bad booty daddy saves stacy backlash 2003 so we cut backstage to a creepy segment oh god look who it is fellas it's test oh, oh. isn't he, is he being silly and lighthearted and talking about testicles again <laughs> <laughs> what a silly so goose funny. he couldn't be doing anything i don't know nefarious Irreprehensibly disgusting and creepy. Well, guys, he's been missing on pay-per-view since Unforgiven in 2002. Well, I mean, he was in the Royal Rumble, but I'm talking meaningful appearances. And I'm not say missing. Who's been missing him? (sighs) That's a good point. The year 2019, because he did. (laughs) But I say that to say it's like some marketing campaign, Stacy Keebler. (laughs) Some marks. (laughs) Uh. I'm going to cut away to the official diva inspector of the Ruthless Aggression podcast. Kyle, what happened here? Oh, boy. So it's like one thing I noticed was instead of having a typical like just hidden, you know, like a little little invisible cameraman thing WWE usually does. Like this one was notably like they acted like they were spying. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a creeper cam. Uh, it honestly reminded me of like kind of the impact wrestling kind of TNA days when they did that kind of weird documentary style backstage stuff. But this was like creepy. And it's just like Tess me like, hey, Tori, uh, what's going on, baby? And she's like, Tess, I said, no, stop calling me. You're so creepy and pushy and weird. No means no. And he's like, come on, baby. You know, you want my ding dong. <laughs> and she's like, icky, get away. And then so she tries to get away and he like grabs her and then just like forces himself upon her with a big fat smooch. And, you know, she's rightly like, oh, you disgusting monster. Get away. And he's like, you know, you want it, baby. You like it, too. <laughs> the, funniest, the funniest part for me 
was how he's like, I saw the way you were looking at me in that Playboy spread. It's like, wait, you oh, yeah, like she was doing this Playboy spread specifically for you. It's like, are you like, is Tess taking on the role of the WWE universe at this point? Like, guys, she didn't do it for you. She did it to make money. Right. Yeah, there you go. She goes, that's, she's just been honest. No, I did that to make money. Get out of here. But yeah, eventually, uh, I mean, it's just creepy. Tess comes off as like, oh, to be honest, he comes off as a rapist or something, some kind of sick, disgusting sex pervert. Hey, let's, and, hey, let's not miss words. He performed sexual assault on Tori Wilson. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's going to court. He will see jail time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they have video <laughs> evidence too. It was on TV. Everybody saw. But anyways, uh, as Tori as uh, Tori's walking away, we see Sable kind of eyeballing, going, "Hmm, looks like I saw something saucy." And so, of course, she did the responsible <laughs> thing and just went straight to the police and Vince McMahon, and they got it sorted out. Uh, Test went to jail, and everything's better now. It's a safer work environment. And Vince McMahon was all like, mm-hmm, "There's, there's, no, I love it. There's no conclusive evidence that this is uh, Andrew Martin Test, the Punisher." <laughs> <laughs> no, he he went like like. Uh, after like all, he went away, uh, he meets with uh, Tori. And he's like, "I'm so glad you did that. And got him rid of rid of rid of him." And he's like, uh, "No problem, uh, Tori. It's fine. You're a valuable asset." And she goes to walk away, and he grabs her by the arm and forces himself upon her. <sighs> um, so it's them. They're just randomly in a, a hallway now. So I guess somebody made them to, uh, to kind of blow off some steam, and so they're in a hallway now. So, hey, go find the cat. I guess so. They're looking at this cat in the arena now. And uh, they immediately go back to fighting like nothing happened. Like, hey, I calm down. Oh, no, what? No, my boyfriend. And they start slapping each other around. And eventually, of all people, uh, Scott Steiner just shows up. And he's like, hey, what's going on here, you freaks? You want to get on this? And uh, you know he was actually quite calm in this segment. Yeah, he was he was very calm like, actually. That's how you know your your storyline is screwed up. Is Scott Steiner is a voice of reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he comes in and saves. Uh, that's such he, a good point. He, he splits it up and then he takes uh, Stacy and he's like, "Oh, you got hit up and beat up. I want to take you. I want to take you somewhere. Make sure you're okay." He picks her up, and then here comes Test, and he's like, what are you doing with my girlfriend? Oh, my testicles. Ugh. And he's like, I'm not doing nothing. And then he walks off, and then they get into it, and then that's it. It's just, it's, uh, yeah. I guess this whole weird storyline is going to have Scott Steiner in it now. Cause and, and again, like, Scott Steiner is there to do, he's, like, doing the right thing, and then Tess is like, hey, asshole, why are you here doing the right thing? He's like, fine, I won't. It <laughs> just walks off. I, for one, know what it's like to taste the sweet nectar of a woman's juices. Bad Blood, 2003. I have to introduce it. Big Test versus Bigger Scott for the rights to own a woman. <laughs> <laughs> really, really honestly like between this like after this and then like cutting into the pie eating contest with all the women and stuff i was just like women are purely objects in this pay-per-view <laughs> was there a women's match in the show no there was not oh 
my gosh, what's wrong with these people? So, yeah, uh, I don't even think I need to explain the background. You know, listeners, you know what's going on. But for those who are just tuning in, uh, back at the end of 2002, uh, Stacey aligned herself with Test and started this marketing campaign for Testicles. Testicles. And obviously, I won't do a retrospective yet because this is not the end of the feud. But uh, in recent events, uh, Tori Wilson's Playboy came out and Tess became very horny. And <laughs> like <laughs> like toxically masculinity, like so. And so he was reading Playboys. He was going to Girls Gone Wild, you know. And Stacy's like, what's going on, Antro? And he's like, oh, I'm horny. Get out of here. And um, slaps her in the face. So at... Backlash, I believe it was. Um, Scott came to Stacy's aid, and everyone knows when you think of White Knight, you think of Scott Steiner. <laughs> well, I certainly think of Storm in the Castle. So Stacy wants out of her managerial contract, but the only way that's going to happen is if Scott Steiner wins this match tonight. Like she bumps pretty hard, and and it, and it helps make this match. It really gets the heat on Tess there right at the end because he wasn't getting it himself. <laughs> yeah most he was doing was flexing and being like aren't i a big meaning remember what my wiener looks like wow put that wiener away and she's like it's small and detached he's got here. a tiny wiener <laughs> i won't have to carry it around Scott steiner has a mega schlong <laughs> steiner it's an sto uh, for the win, acquiring the managerial ser- services of Stacy, which means he owns her, I think. Well, she seems to be into it because she's all like, look at my butt. I know she bends over like five times and Scott kind of keeps looking like I could see a butthole. <laughs> <laughs> the best part, he, he's like, hey, everyone, if you want me to look at her butt some more, cheer. And then cheer. And so she goes back in the ring and comes out again. <laughs> Everybody starts clapping, we want bottles. And Scott just, I don't know, even when he's being bad, it's just, I don't know, it's just kind of funny. He's just like a little goofball. It's like an angry little goofball, man. He definitely has the little boy eyes right after he wins. He like (laughs) pops up and he's like, oh, what happened? He should have done that. Yeah, freaks and peaks. They should just have him put on this tough guy demeanor and then just like have the camera like he thinks it's turned away and he's like giggling to himself like, oh, my gosh, I did that. Oh. I think people would love him. Could you imagine like camera turns off? He's like, oh, man, Stacy's so pretty. I hope she likes the flowers I got. For <laughs> Scott, Scott, we're live. I mean, I hope she likes my big wiener. <laughs> so honestly, you know, thumbs in the middle. It was forgettable uh, for me. Uh Towards the, towards the uh, the clothes, Steiner has Stacy on his shoulders, and her skirt's obviously coming up. You see her panties, <gasps> which has Jerry Lawler screaming, oh, oh, "I think I see it!" Oh, oh hush! It's just gross, man. It's gross. Like, stop, uh, Jerry. She's gonna put a restraining order on you if you don't shut the hell up. It wouldn't be the first time, Jr. Woo! <laughs> She's too old for me. Woo. No. <laughs> restraining oh. order. I think you mean restraining suggestion. Woo. This is a piece of paper, JR. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I always woo after my Jay Lawler impression like it's Ric Flair. I don't know what's <laughs> No, it, you're, it's because you're just doing a higher pitched Joey. 
That's why. Okay, good point. Uh, so, fellas, I've, I've been waiting to talk with y'all about this. Woo! The DVD provides a post-match interview from Steiner that should not go missed on anybody. Oh, he is? So, Al Snow greets us with Steiner and Stacy and congratulates Steiner on acquiring the full-time managerial services of Stacy. Here we are at Bad Blood, and I'm backstage with Scott Steiner just after his match with Test. You just defeated Test, and you've got the full-time managerial services of Stacy. How do you feel about that? Well, that's not all I want. See, I, for one, know what it's like to taste the sweet nectar of a woman's juices, and I'm going to show Stacy what Test couldn't show him, what it's like to be with a real man. Stacy, you got to be happy about this. I am so happy because I finally found a man who treats me right. So, Al... I'm going to tell you and all Houston, if you hear tonight say, somebody saying, oh, God, oh, God, and screams out, the big, bad, booty daddy, make no mistake about it, it's going to be Stacy. Sexual. So Steiner says, well, that's not all I want, you see. I, for one, know what it's like to taste the sweet nectar of a woman's juices. What? And I'm going to show Stacy what Tess couldn't show her. And that's what it's like to be with the real man. Al Snow says, Stacy, you gotta be happy about this. And that's when she does that face like, oh, no, yeah. No, totally. not there. Not there. Stacy Keebler says, I am so happy because I finally found a man who treats me right. <laughs> and to close here, Scott Steiner says, so, Al, I'm going to tell you in all of Houston, if you hear someone say, oh, God, oh, God, and screams out, the big, bad booty daddy. Make no mistake about it. It's going to be Stacy. <laughs> and around the, the oh God part, that's where Stacy cringes like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> suffocate. You suffocate. Unforgiven. 2 human beings in test case <laughs> test wins he also gets Steiner services and what what's served I mean tasting the sweet nectar of the woman like we've been going through this story since its inception and this has been going on for about I want to say Survivor Series of 2002 is kind of when we first mentioned it this is this has been going on for well over a year, and we get a high package to the tune of "Suffocate" by Cold. Actually, I really like this high package. I don't know if you guys heard this in the network version, but they definitely dropped the f bomb in the DVD. Yes, version. they do in the network too. No way! Oh my god! They, oh. they tried to bleep it out, but you can definitely hear it. It's like I, I didn't. I wasn't paying that much attention. It's like the third oh, word dear. of the song. <laughs> Gosh, this song, uh, this whole like hype package, it just felt so goofy, right? What? I loved it. I actually really <laughs> like this package. It's just so, you like this package? <laughs> no, but it's just like, oh, this ongoing test, Scott Steiner, Stacey Keebler thing, it's just been so weird. It's like, 
a few that I guess I'm invested in because it's been going on for so long, but I admit it's really dumb. And so, like, all these petty, stupid things they're doing, just highlighted by the song, it just seemed goofy to me. But, like, in an entertaining way, not like, oh, this is stupid, I'm turning it off, watch the football. <laughs> it's very much a very stupid feud. It's it's not good, especially judging from the in-ring work by Steiner. But I will say, I've gone from really disliking this feud to kind of liking it because it's so ridiculous. Yeah, totally. I've I've been enjoying Scott Steiner. <clears throat> I mean, just be, from this feud, and pretty much only because of this feud. There is a match on Raw in the lead up to this, featuring Test and Stacy versus Victoria and Stephen Richards, which had me absolutely dying. It is a hilarious match. Go out of your way to watch it. It's that's, that's pretty silly. As Stacy made her entrance, Jim Ross says, uh, she has the opportunity to gain her freedom back. <laughs> <laughs> Property, man. Oh my she stops gosh. the match. She's like, guys, this match can't go on. I called HR and uh, I'm now suing WWE for money. One thing. Well, no, that was that was the star of last month's pay-per-view. <laughs> One thing I want to bring up is when Tess got Stacy's services back, the first thing he did was brought her to the heel wrestler's locker room, and he's hanging out with Steven Richards and Rico. And he's like, start. Yeah. He says, start dancing, Stacy. And so they're like, yeah. She's doing like some uh, stripper dances or whatever. She's like, please stop. And it's just like, you don't have to do this. Yeah, for real. <laughs> so you have to do this. You see, I want your services. So you do what I say. Now come on, baby. Get on up there. Come on. That a girl. Come on. Welcome to my lap dance party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait. oh wait, no need for money. This one's on me. <laughs> now turn around and dance. Yeah. Come on, on Stacy. Oh, what's the matter? You'll dance for Scott Steiner in public, but you won't dance for me. Turn your face around. Nobody's looking at that anyway. <laughs> and dance, damn it, dance. Yes, yeah, dance. But just time to get dancing. But why should I believe Steven Richards and Rico and Tess are all friends? It's just so random. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the most random guys that you could find. It's like, hey, who doesn't fit in here? Especially Rico, the guy they're they're like, hey, he's kind of gay. You know what I mean? He's <laughs> European, just like them French. Hey, you shouldn't be like, ooh, Stacey's butt cheeks wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, <laughs> I found a gif of the dance, actually. Did you oh really? Oh, it's like a bunch of freaking chimps. <laughs> <laughs> That's it! But cheeks. I think they're saying, dance, dance, dance. It's so stupid. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad the longer that. you watch it, the better it gets. I know. <laughs> Look at her freak Imagine, imagine she's like letting a boot fart with me. They're all like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rico is by far the best one out of all this. He's like all scrunched together, like, oh yeah. <laughs> like all I did was I I looked up Rico WWE, and this was like the third option. That's crazy. 
needs a cut. They just played this gif during the, the whole hype package. <laughs> I don't believe they mentioned this, but I'm like, I, I have to bring this up. I'm not sure if I brought this up yet, but let's talk about Test's heel Titantron. This has gone from having him, you know, wiggle around and Stacy's like, yeah, that's my man. And now that he's got his services back, it's him being all serious. And she's like, I don't want to be here. I know, right? I noticed that too. It's like, I'm an asshole. Like, that's just what the Titantron is. I know this is extremely random, but my fourth grade teacher, this is around the time I was in fourth grade. Oh, good. She was morbidly obese. I'm, and did she suffocate? <laughs> no, she she was morbidly obese, like huge. Like I'm talking Gabriel Iglesias sized woman. Yowzers. And uh, side tangent, she actually had like terrible body odor, but blamed <laughs> it on the students. She says, "Y'all need to take your backpacks home and clean them." It's like we've never had this problem before, and we've all done it. We've all cleaned our backpacks. The smell is still here, and eventually we all were like it's her. <laughs> So you you smell you fat old boy. <laughs> well, anyway, anyway, I'll ne- for some reason I had a dream one night when I was in fourth grade. It was like a- doing that Stacy Keebler dance. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so you and all your fourth grade friends is clapping around her. Dance, dance, dance. <laughs> <laughs> big, big, big. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, it's funny because I know what she looks like. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) anyway, um, I had like some point in my dream I was having. uh, I I had uh, seen Tess Titantron, and instead of Stacy Keebler, it was my fourth grade teacher. (laughs) What? It's so weird. So she's just standing around making the like distressed face, and Tess is like, "Yeah, I'm with this obese lady." Oh man, it's just a weird random thing that I have. So when I see that video, I'm reminded. <laughs> Jim Ross says, if Test wins, he retains Stacy services and Steiner becomes his property. What message are they sending? <laughs> I know, right? My gosh. Fighting back, generating no response from the audience. It's just just awful. Like just as awful, Tess scales the ropes and Steiner just waits for him to jump. No sort yeah. of psychology or anything. He hits him with the belly to belly and both men are down. And it's around this time that I realize Stacy is the one that's over here. Mm-hmm. She's the reason why this feud exists, is to get her on TV. She rallies the fans for Steiner, but once he's firing up, it's crickets. The crowd is just not interested in Steiner. And Steiner botches what looks to be a tiger bomb, and the crowd boo him for it. Just wow, man. Stacy takes a chair from Test, swings it at him, but he ducks, and she hits Steiner with it. No! Test hits a big boot, giving him the win in about six minutes. Thumbs down. I didn't really enjoy it. I mean, it was like entertaining in a stupid way, uh, but certainly I just kind of wanted this feud to, 
really like end, but at least conclude satisfyingly. And it didn't. You don't want it to end, but you do want it to conclude. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so Tess celebrates his win by performing sexual assault on Stacey Keebler by forcing a kiss. We cut to Jim Ross with the hilarious line, King, I can only guess what it means to be test property to Scott Steiner. <laughs> what the heck's he going to do? <laughs> dance, dance, dance. <laughs> no, oh, God, imagine. <laughs> I'm not feeling good at this. <laughs> I got a 92.6% chance of me getting this dance right. <laughs> That's a pretty good chance, this dance. <laughs> Stacy the Punching Bag, Survivor Series, 2003. And so in a match on Raw, Test and Steiner are teaming up to challenge the Dudleys for the tag team titles, which sees uh, Stacy cost them the match. You know, she does it to dig at Test, but uh, unknowingly she digs at Steiner in the process. And so Steiner's like, you want me to forgive you? You know, you, you did cost me my services at Oh, forgiven. And she's like, yeah, I'm sorry. And he's like, and you did cost me the tag titles tonight. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. So he's like, I don't forgive you. <gasps> and he gives her a belly-to-belly suplex. So somehow she has to come out here with Steiner tonight, despite Tess not being here. <laughs> Weird. Test is away because he broke his foot on a house show. Uh Oh, well, I guess just further cementing that Stacy is not a human. She is only property. Oh, yeah. And and I don't know when I'll bring this up again. Another thing that happened is, you know, Stacy's coming out with Steiner now, but uh, he's about to to hit her after he loses a match. And Stone Cold comes out. It's like, boy, you like hitting women? You know, I want you to hit me. Trying to provoke him. And he does. He, He decks Stone Cold, lays him out. And, of course, Stone Cold beats up Steiner, sends him packing, and he does his uh, beer drinking spot and offers Stacy a drink, but she doesn't like beer. She doesn't want to drink with the Texas Rattlesnake. And <laughs> in an ironic yeah. twist of fate, uh, Stacy gets a Stone Cold stunner. <laughs> totally killing the purpose. What you don't drink beer... Oh, I'm recovering alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. So that's kind of what's going on with Scott Steiner right now. Stacy Freed of the Meatheads, Armageddon, 2003. He says the petition to bring Stone Cold back to Raw has over a million signatures. And then he says he wonders if there's anyone backstage who wants to join him in celebration. And out comes Stacy Keebler dressed as a cheerleader. <clears throat> Keebler. Which is so weird. It's just like, That's weird. it's so forced. Mm-hmm. It's so, like, sign the petition and I'll show you my bee cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, in the words of Scott Steiner, she does cartwheels that show off those long legs and those little panties. And for those long legs and little panties. <laughs> oh, gosh, man. Uh, yeah, that, that quote actually came from right before they got fired, air quotations. Test and Steiner are cornering Stacy Keebler, 
and they want her to join the Kiss My Butt Club. <clears throat> Kiss My Patootie Club. And you guys will enjoy this because Steiner pulls his pants down to reveal <laughs> his purple thong. Purple panties. <laughs> it came back. <laughs> Maybe is that just what he? Maybe he just wore that. Maybe that's just what he wore. Oh, no, I, I guarantee that is just what he wore. Like <laughs> when we it. when we go to the Shonies, we're gonna be like, "Hey, uh, weird question, Scott? Or can we can we see your panties?" <laughs> no, we don't <laughs> ask him. We just we just see him helping another customer, and like they drop their silverware. He's like, oh, "I'll get that for you." And you bend over, and you see his big whale tail. <laughs> like, hey, Scott, uh, are you still wearing those purple panties? They're my Tuesday panties, okay. <laughs> Then he just, he just looks at you and just whispers, what do you think? And gives a little wink. It's, it's laundry day. Actually, in, this, in, the, uh, in the back of the Shoney's, Scott Steiner's Shoney's in Ackworth, Georgia, which I recommend everyone go to. It's actually very nice. Uh, there's a shrine to Scott's career, and he actually has all of his uh, panties uh, <laughs> pressed and behind glass. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, she's doing cartwheels. And they were her and Mick Foley repeat a spot they did on Raw a couple of weeks ago where Stacy jumps into the arms of Foley, which is purposed to get a shot of Stacy's lady bits. It's like, hey, holding you up to the camera just so. It's like, come I'll on, make sure dude. you can see her vagina. <laughs> More or less. Well, uh, I can see her. I can see her labia. <laughs> That's oh disgusting, King. <laughs> <laughs> and now. Let us take a look back at the key moments of the good old Ruthless Aggression podcast. Big Show just got back from Fat Camp. The Ruthless Aggression pilot. Come backstage to Goldust, dressed as the Crocodile Hunter. Class, That's so weird. It's classic that immediately Goldust. dated this whole segment for me. I was like, oh man. <laughs> so, why don't you run us through this uh, from your perspective? Um. Yeah, first, for one, seeing a... Almost like a Benoit situation, seeing a like a Steve Irwin crocodile hunter thing made me go like the opposite of Benoit. Made me go like, oh, he got stabbed <laughs> in the chest right. by a stingray. It's kind of like, oh, this guy really was a big deal back then. I remember everybody being like, oh, crocodile hunter, he's gonna get, he's gonna get killed by one of these crocodiles one day. No, just uh, by a sea creature. But uh, and he didn't have to die. Nope. But um, yeah. So Gold Dust hammered it up, being funny, like genuinely funny. Going in the backstage with uh, this is when he went back to the with backstage the NWO and uh, of course nobody's there. He's making all these goofy jokes. Comes across old big fat Big Show on the couch. And I forget what does he call him like a hippopotamus something. No 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 no. He calls him. Uh, let's see what I have here. He goes, look at this to a to a sleeping sleeping shopopotamus. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you could tell when he came over to WWF and kind of got his spot. He he kind of just he wasn't hungry anymore, unless it was for a big old piece of pizza. <laughs> the big fat Big Show blocked us. Survivor Series, two thousand two. And then we Big did- Show. He, he remember when he said like Big Show's got big plans for the title, baby? And then he winked at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> He's listening right now. Man, I'm glad I blocked those guys. <laughs> No, but yeah. Can we? I'm, so, I'm sorry. Get on another tangent, but guys, uh, if you didn't know, um, illustrious WWE future Hall of Famer, the Big Show has uh, blocked Ruthless Aggression podcast on Twitter. <laughs> and um, usually, I would have an answer for this as to like why, but I have no idea. 
I, yeah, I have I, no idea. I did an advanced filter search on Twitter to see if we ever even mentioned him, but no. Um, I was going to upload a clip of a Big Show fighting Rikishi and be like, oh, this happened on SmackDown, listeners. And I went to tag him. I'm just like, huh, shouldn't his handle be like at the Big Show or whatever? So I Google it, and I'm just like, um, okay, so it's WWE The Big Show. And uh, I look it up, and it says, The Big Show, Paul White, has blocked you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I, all I could think of is maybe... Uh, crap, like you said you never even you never tagged him in anything, right? Never, never. I the talk only- about him all the time now. I, I usually have a, a good night tweet from the Lucas Pod Twitter that uh-huh. says Good night to everyone except the big show who blocked. Let's <laughs> <laughs> think all I can think of is maybe he saw like he's friends with somebody and he tweeted towards like one of his other wrestling buds and he was like, Oh stupid marks, I'm gonna block you. You know? <laughs> I guess so. Like Which I, I we can see are that happening. Marks to his yeah, I mean, <laughs> not not good. Big show. Hey, hey. All seriousness, I respect the the heck out of the old Paul Paul W. I'm a big fan of you as the, the giant and a big show. Uh, so props to you. I wish we could you know build this bridge back, mend mend, mend these fences, unblock us from Twitter. Come on, Absolutely. come on, show. I mean, it's your Twitter. He, like this is my opinion. Okana, we have different opinions. We got uh, different opinions. We can stay a block, but I mean, hey, we're just, you know, having fun on the show. Uh, and you got to admit, 500 pounds is a lot. So you probably did go to Fat Camp, which is, guys, this Ohio Valley. There's no disputing <laughs> that. So we actually didn't say anything that was not factual. Uh, so. Did we? Did I, I want to say, I can't remember because I'm a terrible person and I, I have not listened to a single one of our episodes because I can't stand to hear myself, even though I should get over that and be a You sold out. But uh, have we ever really like gone on a tantrum being like, oh, Big Show, he's a big, fat, gross old freak? Now, I can confidently say that I have never said anything too disparaging about the Big Show. Maybe that he's turned heel and face a the few o- times. But the only things I can gather is that, one, you said he got back from Fat Camp. And two, you called him Big Fat Big Show. And then he talked about him saying cheeseburger, but that was a quote. Like he yeah, said yeah, cheeseburger. That's, that's all I was. That's all I was thinking about was. And the thing is, I remember if I can remember correctly, and I'll have to go back and try to figure it out. Uh, I'm sorry, this is like the big freaking unsolved mysteries Big Show edition. But um, <laughs> seriously, like I have to go back and listen. I I think I remember just I was just telling the story that like it's well known that Big Show got to the WWF, had a good solid push, but Vince was like, ah. You're, it's too fat. Send him to OVW. <laughs> and then he came back without really losing much any weight, and so they probably just ripped on him. That's why they did the cheeseburger thing. I mean, honestly, though, like, if if it's, like, a sore spot for you, Big Show, uh, like, honestly, like, we're sorry. You know, we're just yeah. kind of calling it like we see it. But, uh, I mean, it's not like we said, <laughs> you know, like, uh, you're stupid or dumb, you know, because we don't know those things. We don't, we don't yeah. know your intelligence level. Like, we don't know those things. So. Hey, uh, hey, hey, uh, uh, Big Show, I'm sure you're a smart, intelligent man. But, uh, you know, you're, future, you're, you're a bona fide future Hall of Famer. Uh, as of recently, you were very unfat. So uh, why, don't, why, don't, why don't I write you uh, a big old subscription for some uh, chill pills? All right? <laughs> you know, now you uh, unblock us on Twitter or you're going to uh, get these hands, just like old Big Braun says. 
Look, uh, Mr. Show, if you unblock us from Twitter, uh, we will send you a free T-shirt uh, of the mm-hmm. Red Scratch podcast. I got one. I got one down here. It would probably fit you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's only two X's now, not instead of the, the five. So we're good. Is it simply a back body drop? No, it's your worst nightmare. It's a Spagingo. Survivor Series 2002. Rosie comes in and takes them all out. We get a clothesline to Bubba Ray, and then he takes Jeff out of the ring with a, uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, he just kind of like uh, vaults him up. It's, he goes really high in the air. <laughs> it, it's a squigingo. A squigingo. <laughs> there you go. I have no idea. Ric Flair always took a squigingo. <laughs> yeah, Ric Flair always would take that, man. Like, it's real hard, too. Like, nothing <laughs> soft about those old school squigingos. <laughs> when it wasn't on a wrestling mat, just the concrete floor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those freaking squigingos, man. That's why all those wrestlers from that era are in a wheelchair now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, what that, that's what that old class action lawsuit was about. <laughs> We he also said uh, Squigginga? No, 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 Squigingo. You're not here for concussions? No. <laughs> no, we all got ass damage from taking too many Squigingo bumps. <laughs> <laughs> now you're going to get out there and you're going to take that Squigingo. <laughs> My honey hurts, Vance. What are we even talking about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Focus, focus. Okay. Hey, you, you, okay. That time Kyle farted and didn't mute his mic. I am literally putting this in for my enjoyment alone. From our WrestleMania 35 predictions show. Uh, but Nicholas, thanks for joining us uh, real yeah. quick for a micro-sized prediction. Uh, we can't wait to have you back on the show. Uh, but in the meantime, where can we find you once again? Sure thing. And I appreciate that. I always have fun uh, to hang out with you guys. Uh, you can find me at YouTube uh, uh, slash ggvision.com. Uh, I said that wrong. YouTube.com slash ggvision. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I may or may not be sober right now. Um, <laughs> you can also find me at ggvision88 on Twitter. And I also have a stream guarding Earth Vision. But I don't stream too much. I have more on the YouTube side. But uh, thank you for inviting me on. And uh, if you need to holler at me again, feel free. Yes, yeah. sir. Thanks for joining. All right, later, man. See you later. Bye. I don't know what I heard a clown horn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nicholas, you cracked me up. Uh, all right, folks. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but <laughs> it's been a while since we've had an ad break. So we're going to cut to our sponsors. You've been listening to the Root Scratch Podcast. Hey, real quick, cut this out just because I don't want it to be revealed. Um, okay. Whenever, whenever uh, Nicholas was like, "Oh, I heard a clown horn." Huh? That was me farting. I thought I had the mute button on. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I just went like. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it would pick up. It was just funny. I had, like I had to keep myself from laughing. Hey, I heard a clown horn. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I thought it was some sort of clap horn too. <laughs> nope. It was my ass. <laughs> no. You want your cold to clear? It's fine. Your cold clear. Mine's clean. Squeaky clean. <laughs> uh, where, where, where were we? Where, where were we? <laughs> we were.
<laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think we ever said. Here, I'll just give us a place. I'll give us a cut place. Okay. Boom, here. Okay. You know, uh, it, was, it was cool having uh, Nicholas, famous uh, one-time tag team championship of Braun Strowman. Uh, but, <laughs> but uh, I don't think we ever said who... Well, folks, all I can gather is is that uh, Nia Jax will win. According no, to- oh my god! It'll, it'll come down to Nia and Tamina, and they'll both agree to mutually uh, jump over and touch the floor at the same time. Uh, admissions officer school, and she's like, "Hey, I got to drop out." Nia Jax. You're welcome. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Ruth- ruthless wife. Ruthless wife. <laughs> Get that tattooed across my abdomen, like Rey Mysterio. Who painted? Who pooted? Oh. It was me. <laughs> Bye, baby. Uh, Bye. Hey, who, who pooted, Levi? It was me. Hockey, hockey. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. I don't get to include that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, okay. Who pooted? Okay, moving let on. Let me include your explanation. <laughs> okay, geez, I'll let, it, I'll let it go. I don't care. Hey, everybody, guess what? People fart. It happens. Who threw the pie at Kevin Owens? Who knows? But I'll tell you who pooted on the roof. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here. Um, okay, moving I won't, I won't, on. Hey, honestly, no, I, won't, I won't include it if you don't want me to. It's what I don't care. I'm not afraid. Like, oh, no, fart. <laughs> I uh, uh, can't wait to get my uh, tweet from Joey Ryan defending it. Tee-hee. I just loved his, uh, his reaction too. He's like, <laughs> oh, clap Tattooed by a breathing dragon. Undertaker's cringy patriotic promo. SummerSlam 2002. So, up next, we have The Undertaker versus Test. Yeah, they have this big hype package before just i guess kind of hyping how bad the un-americans are it's like they're really like they're bad look at how bad they are and then when test actually came out it was like oh it's test (laughs) nobody reacted in the way i'm sure they wanted them to look kyle you don't understand when they said america sucks in unison the whole world felt it oh america sucks Ah, and everybody across the world is just screaming in pain no it's not true my old, my my favorite part of it, though, of like the opening pack is, is you know they have that old stock footage of patriotism, mm-hmm, and then yeah. then then a, a you know a minor key Sith note hits, and it's like bomb on Americans, they hate America. <laughs> it's like an old old World War Two newsreel. Did you see? Uh, you know when they say America sucks in the package, uh, right in the middle, there's a guy in the crowd playing his day, flipping double birds. No, I did not notice that. That's funny. He's very open. <laughs> so, uh, one yeah, before we get in the match, one thing I will say is the uh, the title card they had before, where it just you know it does the whole like they wiggle around and then freeze frame and it shows you know Undertaker versus Test. They both were looking in the exact same height, similar builds, uh, and they are both doing the same pose. Like they look like they were related at that point. <laughs> did, you, did you get that vibe too? I did. I did. Like Undertaker versus his son that he never knew he had. The Overgiver. <laughs> no! I'm the Overgiver, Dad, and you can't stop me. <laughs> Live in despair. Not. 
Put that on a t-shirt, darn it. <laughs> so so what I want to talk to you about is Blue Apron. No. Oh. So the Undertaker on the uh on like the Raw, the go home show to SummerSlam, yeah. cut cuts I kid you not, the worst promo I have ever heard from him. And I have it down word for word, and I'm just gonna cut a promo on you. And I wanna I wanna know what you think about it when is it's it, all said and done. Under, Undertaker's promo? Yes. Oh yeah, because I mean, if there's one thing I remember from the American Badass, it's his amazing promos. So, so pretend you're a test, and I'm the Undertaker, okay? And mm-hmm. let me know. What you, let me know what you think at the end of it. All right. <clears throat> what do you got to say, Undertaker? I'm Test. Well, Test is not out there at this point, but you'll. Well, see. <laughs> I'm watching this later on that night on WWE.com. You're watching it from uh, the side of your I'm, eye. I'm watching it backstage uh, while I stand looking at a, a big tube TV. Conveniently next to a man filming me. <laughs> okay, so here it goes. <clears throat> oh, yeah. The first thing I want to say is I've never been one to make my political opinions public. And I may not be the poster child for all America, for the all-American boy, but I just might be. Because just like my country, I don't take no sh... He says it, and it's unbleeped. <clears throat> That's the very reason that I'm proud to be a man, and I'm proud to be an American. Because only in America can a man like me be me. If I want to be a tattooed, fire-breathing dragon, then that's all right by you. <laughs> I can do what <laughs> I can. I can do whatever <laughs> I want to say, whatever I want, and all I got to do is back it up with these soup bones. <laughs> with see? these what? Soup bones. Okay. You see, these are the freedoms I enjoy here in America. But you see, I realize those freedoms come with a price. I realize there's a lot of good men and women who fought and died to give me them rights. And because of that, I have a deep and abiding respect for those individuals. And because of that, I respect, and because of that respect, I got a deep, deep problem with those individuals who come into our country and abuse those freedoms. I'm talking about people who aren't even citizens of USA. That's right. I'm talking about the un-Americans, and especially Test. You see, Test, I'm not afraid. <laughs> I'm not afraid <laughs> to pledge allegiance. <laughs> it's okay, Levi. Take a deep breath. You can, you can get through it. <laughs> I'm not afraid to pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. This is where it gets good. Okay, that's what he says, not what you say? Yes, yes. Oh my gosh. It's a quote. It's where it gets good. I'm also not afraid to pledge to each and every one of you that at SummerSlam, I will take tests. And make an example out of him. Not only for all of you, but for everyone around the world. This is what happens when you screw with America. No, I'm not your all-American boy. But I am the American bad A-double snake. <laughs> Gosh, wow. <laughs> that's, like, that's, like, that's like the promo equivalent of just like getting on Facebook and you see your like weird uncle you never talked to just post something... <laughs> Like, I might not be politically correct, but Obama can shove it, you know? (laughs) 
This is the worst Undertaker promo I have ever heard. That was really lame. Oh my gosh. I think like, it, I, I, like to be fair, I'm sure people were like eating it up back then. Cause, oh I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I probably would have too. It's like, yeah, America. Ah! But <laughs> they were eating it up. But I will say this, that when he says this line, which really got me, let me look it up. He says, um, if I want to be a tattooed fire breathing dragon, then that's all right by you. It's so what? It's like <laughs> if I want to be a leprechaun who eats cheesecake for dinner, then that's all right by you. <laughs> what are you talking because about? The crowd are eating it up, but when he says that, they're like, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> I, it's like he's trying to sound cool, but it's not. It's like, man. Big Show hasn't been on pay-per-view in months. No mercy. 2002. Oh, as you said, uh, we got our boy, the Big Show. Big Show. You you want to run us through this? Yeah, it's this weird segment where uh, Big Show comes in. He's talking. Wasn't he talking to Stephanie first? Yeah. Yeah, just kind of talking. Just, just typical, like, I'm a giant. I'm a big boy. What's going on? Why am I not here? And they do this thing with Big Show where he's like, <laughs> he's big, he's tall and stuff. So they do these kind of low angle things with him. But it also shows how kind of like overweight he was. So it ends up making him look like really fat, it, you know? Uh-huh. And then, you know, I talked to Stephanie and then all of a sudden here comes uh, uh, freaking Eric Bischoff. I don't know why I couldn't remember his name for a second. Be like, what are you doing? You're my talent. Get what? Get out of here, Stephanie. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> and he starts like going off, be like, look at me, I'm a big old giant boy. Why am I not in pay per views? It's going off about how he how he was like a champion and how he hasn't been on the show in a while and he hasn't been in pay per view since July. And Bischoff's like, hey, don't get it by face. I am your boss. I owed you. I am your master. And then he. <laughs> And there's like this awkward pause where he's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And then Eric Bischoff has to reiterate himself. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And he grabs him and slams him against all these conveniently placed trays of like these big carts full of food trays that are empty. <laughs> just happen to be there. Big just so they can make a, a big clangy sound. And then he starts <laughs> telling him like, I'm a giant and I'm going to kick your butt if you don't give me what I want. Man. And then he walks off. Um I guess it's supposed to set up him coming back to do something, but it's certainly not in this pay-per-view, so this all felt like a big waste of time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nothing more to say. <laughs> the end. The end. Peace. I want to die. Please, Vince. Bonus episode. Starcade, 1995. Bean! Woo! By God, Gene, I want to die, even now. I want to <laughs> die. I'm so old. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to. He, he doesn't want to die at this point. He wants to no, die in like. Please, I'm old here. I want to die now. right now. <laughs> I've still got some years, but I just want to end it early. Rick, I want to get an early start of my retirement. Um, Rick, you're not, you're not contractually obligated to Vince. Vince McMahon, listen to me right now. I'm 16 times here. Don't say that name I'm on our show, please. Dudes, and I want to die. I want to die right now. Right now. I want to die. Kill me. I'm already dead. Kill me. For context sake, Kyle, can you explain the whole Ric Flair I want to die thing? I mean, it's probably <laughs> obvious, but just kind of... Uh, 
just it's just that point like that long stretch before rick flair's official like uh wwe retirement in 2009 or whatever when he uh was just like wrestling and if he lost then he had to retire and so it was like rick was like i'll never retire but like you know it's all story (laughs) and so backstage you just imagine it was like vince just like contractually forcing rick to keep working and rick was like please vince i don't want to wrestle i want to die please <laughs> no damn it you get out there and make me money no i want to die please i'm so old <laughs> and so sometimes we'll go back and forth from rick just begging to demanding like vince i want to die i want to die right now i'm not going out there tonight vince <laughs> So, you probably hear more of that. There you go. We go on. But it, it's okay. This Rick doesn't want to die. He's happy. Yeah, he's he's still he still has the desire to live. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and I'm the man. And to beat the man, you got to be the man. You got to kiss and, me on the lips. And I'm Rick Flair to let everyone. Why is that Rick Flair woo? <laughs> Oh, oh like, my god! Can you imagine Ric Flair as a ghost? You're just like sitting there, like, is anybody here? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that basically him now? <laughs> I want to die. Yeah, I'm already dead. He would be a restful spirit because he'd be like, "I'm finally dead. Thank God, <laughs> I did it, Vince. I did it." <laughs> He's just like in Vince McMahon's office. Vince, I finally died. Just over. Stop haunting me, Dermot. <laughs> I died, Vince. I did it. I need more of that. <laughs> Stop haunting me, Dermot. Hey, hey I, w- I need to know what it was like the night Ric Flair finally died and haunted Vince for the first time. With Kyle as Rick and Jake is No, no, no. Jake is Rick and Kyle is Vince. And go. Oh god! Oh god! I can feel, woo, woo! I can feel the big one, woo! That was a, oh god! Oh god! Oh, who, who's, who's, who's at the door? Come, come on in, come see the man. Who, who is it? Hey, pal, it's me, Vince. You gotta, oh god! Work tonight, I got a big match oh, set up. Let me die, Vince. Get your ass to the I'm ring. Trying to die. No, oh, damn it! No. no, I'm gonna die. You can't gotta die. You gotta live Vince. and make me money. We're going to North no, Carolina beep, tonight. Rick Flair country. Beep, beep, I can't. What? Beep, damn it. No. I did it. I did it. Beep, it's clear. <laughs> it's not working. Damn it. He's dead. <laughs> oh, somebody called Ghostbusters. I don't want his ass hanging around. Stanking this place up. Later that Ooh. night, as Vince was sleeping. Pow. Pow. I'm the dirtiest player in the game. Uh, Rick, I'm, I'm sorry. the specter flying. Now, come by my, come by the towers tomorrow. We'll talk about a new contract. I gotta get some Z. I finally died. I finally died. <laughs> oh, get back in that ghost ring. You're gonna be fighting Randy Savage. <laughs> oh no, I'm not. I don't work for you. Fine. <laughs> Ooh, I'm a ghost now, too. Go fight in that ghost arena. 
No. I'm scheduled for I Ghost Madison Square Garden. I want to be alive. Tough chance. The Ghost higher power. Madison Square Garden <laughs> with Ghost Jim Ross. Uh, good evening, everybody. Uh, I have died. Well. <laughs> I, I, am, I am literally sitting by God. <laughs> All right. All right. Yay. Okay, so. I gotta ask, are you a virgin? SummerSlam 2002. I really wanted to, to include this because I wanted to bring up what's going on in the women's division. And so... I'm going to bring up nothing. Well, I want to tell you the most notable thing that I I saw on Raw, and it involves women's champion Molly Holly, and it's a really, really disturbing, gross thing I was telling you about. So, oh yeah, you never told me. What is it? What? So there's a backstage segment with William Regal and Christopher Nowinski, and Molly Holly Mm -hmm. walks by and she's like, "Hey, this is Victoria. She's new," and they walk away, uh, or Molly walks away rather, and they ask Victoria, Christopher Nowinski rather does. He's like. Is it true, Victoria? That and she's like, "What? Like that Molly's a virgin?" And William Regal's like, like in the background, which admittedly is funny. And Victoria's like, "Yeah, don't tell anyone though." And so we have Victoria's debut match against Trish Stratus, and um, it's it's so awkward. Molly Holly's there on commentary, and Jerry Lawler. Um, he says. I'm going to get right to the point. Are you a virgin? And she's like, uh, 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 what? And, uh, he's like, one of us is thinking about sex. It's me. Are you a virgin? Uh He's just like, so, it's so persistent. It's so disturbing. And Molly's like, Molly does not complete an entire sentence in this segment. And, um, she's just kind of sitting there like, uh, 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 I, I, I don't think that's appropriate. Um, and, um, She's just very persistent, and um, he's like, I like cherries. Ugh. And I'm like, oh, oh. And um, he's like, hey, do you, have you had that new drink? Oh, cherry Coke. She went, that, that, that's not a new drink. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, we're, we're, we're close to, to Washington. You know, George Washington, he chopped down the cherry tree. <laughs> and JR's like, oh, trying to call moves. Like, <laughs> he's like, hey, JR, isn't it your favorite pie? cherry pie and um jr is <laughs> then he just goes hey molly uh can i deflower you with my penis <laughs> he gets right to the point jr is like Ugh. trying to derail him and to get him to stop and um to to end the the segment um before victoria wins jr is like you got some nice cleavage just straight up it's one of the most disturbing and repulsive. Was it, was it like some? Was it something like halfway related to the match? Like you're like, oh, I'll just cleave it. I'm in two. You've got some nice cleavage. <laughs> no, he it's just not. just straight up. Straight okay, up. Okay, yeah, that's that is creepy as hell. Oh my god. And just like they have the camera on them a few times, and Molly's just like so like red in the face, and Jerry Lawler's like just like staring at her like so creepily. And yeah, there's a reason you've never heard about this because like that was it, and you know. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's like Stephanie says in WWE, women are always on top. Clearly, so but yeah. Not Molly Holly, you virgin. <laughs> ah, 
Kane sets JR on fire. Vengeance. 2003. So we come backstage to Vince McMahon by a desk with beautiful roses. <laughs> Stephanie McMahon comes in and starts bickering. Vince brings up Linda getting attacked on Raw by Kane. And let's just talk about uh, Kane for a few minutes. Um, mm-hmm. Just because our, our last episode, Kane Unmasked, which is doing pretty well numbers-wise. So thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Kane has been on a bit of a tear. He has... <laughs> He's choke slammed Eric Bischoff off the stage. He has tombstone Linda McMahon on Raw, which is what they're alluding to just this past Monday. One of the most infamous segments in Raw history, uh, Jim Ross had a sit-down interview with Kane to try and get at the, you know, what's going on with Kane. You know, it's revealed here that he has psychological scars instead of physical ones. I'm just going to go right into it. You know, Kane sets Jim Ross on fire. (laughs) (laughs) I guess what I... In the weirdest way, too. It's like he just, like, lights a match and drops it on him. Well, I mean, he... Knocks him out, presumably punches him, and yeah, he does that. So three, they, they, ex- they explained it away. He was like, "Yeah, sorry, Kane, I was late. I was at the gas station and accidentally uh, busted the hose and was rolling around in gasoline." <laughs> See, when you said "busted the hose," uh, I, I thought, thought <laughs> oh, "bust out the hose." You know I, mean? <laughs> I, thought, I thought, "If you want to bust out the hose, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you need to go here to we blue go. Blue here we go to the blue jeans." <laughs> But what I need from us all right now, all three of us, on the count of three, mm-hmm. I'm going to count us to three, and we're going to reenact what it was like as Jim Ross screamed out in terror when he was lit on fire by Kane. So one, two, three. Oh, oh God! Oh, God! My God! He's a flame! The flaming passion! Main event mustard and rub it on the backside. My my nipples! My my nipples are melted into one giant nipple! The flank (laughs) stick! Rub it on there and let it marinate for a while and (laughs) get a nice uh, barbecue roast there. Uh, uh, jokes on Kane, I wore my flame retardant underwear, so uh, it just doesn't hurt at all, folks. I don't know what I was expecting, but a thousand million percent was not that. <laughs> <laughs> allow allow me, me, myself, to demonstrate. Uh, oh! 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 <laughs> it, it's comically funny. Here's the thing. Uh, we'll talk more about this on our SummerSlam review, which will be the next one. Uh, but <laughs> uh, I I have remembered that segment so well in my mind. And I was like, man, that was one of the most like jaw-dropping segments I've ever seen on Raw. But watching it back, I was like, that's pretty embarrassing. I, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> but hearing Jim Ross just, you know, feign screaming, just, Hah! Oh. 
I'm like the grandma clump. <laughs> all that that been built up for 35 years, just wanting and wanting and wanting. Whoo, might make it hit. Wanting and wanting. But either way, bad or good, I want somebody go out of your way to see it. With the, the masterpiece song that make them say, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I know you're loving the show, but we gotta go. We'll be back in a moment, though. to the aggression awards we are covering the best of the ruthless aggression podcast seasons one and two and i gotta ask you guys are you guys up for a little q a oh yeah only if you're up for a little t and a here's uh here's some questions our, our listeners sent in mr frets asks and kyle we'll start with you yeah who are some underrated wrestlers from the era so far and who would you put in today's era Where's some underrated? My, my God, my God, my ass. <laughs> boo, boo. <laughs> uh, it's really hard to say because, like, I feel like making love. Underrated. I don't know. That's kind of a toughie because it seems like there's two sides as far as. <laughs> I mean, of course, there are. There's Raw and SmackDown. And Raw is like kind of the eh show, SmackDown's kind of like the oh show. And all the SmackDown talent, it's like none of them are really underrated. They're all like really good. Right. And the Raw talent is a little janky, so it's kind of hard to think about. Well, I, I think part of it for me, I mean, is just, like you've said, I mean, everyone's kind of getting their shot right now. So it's yeah, not exactly. Like, nobody's really going yeah. by the wayside. So everyone's kind of getting an opportunity. It's just kind of what, what happens after. Any person that's getting by the wayside or just like not as utilized as much or people that just I what I call underrated, like uh, you know, freaking, uh, freaking, what's his name, Matt Hardy, for example, yeah, Matt Hardy or uh, Nowinski, whatever his first name is, Chris, Christopher, Chris Nowinski, yeah. yeah. Which shout out Chris Nowinski, good guy, but wrestling wise, eh, you know, <laughs> how can you say that when he was teamed with Rodney Mack? Turn out the Mac. Okay, there you go. That's and it. Cheetos. Underrated, Rodney Mack. Actually, yeah, Rodney Mack. I don't know, man. Mac. I think you can't rate. Uh, well, yeah, I guess you'd be right. You can't rate him enough, man. He's just he's, he's the gift he's, that keeps he, on giving. Yep. Because I mean, yeah, sure. His initial run wasn't great. Whenever he came back uh, for the return of the Mac and won all of the titles, <laughs> including the Divas Championship, it was pretty impressive. 
He's like, yeah, it was like a WWF No Mercy when he walked out there in the in the fancy song. Speaking of No Mercy, everybody has to have said, at one point played the the women's storyline with like oh, yeah. Kane. Right, yeah. <laughs> so fun, just destroying everybody. <laughs> that was one of the most confusing things I've ever done because it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're running rough shot through the women's division, whatever, and then all of a sudden you're in a bikini contest, and next thing you know, Kane is in a thong. <laughs> that's the best thing. It's not even purple. I was like, what? <laughs> best thing <laughs> about that. that. <laughs> I love best, the best thing about that was uh you can just change anybody's outfit. So it was always funny just to put like JR in a thong. <laughs> <laughs> My ass. Hey, I think he's pretty underrated. Maybe I'd put him in today's <laughs> yeah, Jim, Jim Jim Ross in the ring. Yeah, he's totally underrated. For for a real consideration though, my my underrated wrestler is Jazz. Like I think she yeah that's she missed pick. an opportunity really she got pick. hurt and but she she could have really led that women's division she's very talented yeah man. Um, and yeah I, I think she's she was my oh, underrated man. I kind of feel bad now for not even thinking about the women's division I think it's just indicative of the time you know it's the point when it was clearly shifting to the we only care about boobies era of WWE and so like all of the genuine talent was kind of getting pushed to the wayside honestly like. I don't know if it's necessarily to say that she's underrated, but certainly for her talent, underused and underappreciated. Like Molly Holly, so good. Oh, yeah. yeah, I love Molly Holly. Like, yeah, are you a virgin? Like, funny, but like, she's every time she comes out of the ring, she's fantastic. All they do is just rip on. Yeah, Jazz or uh, King's always, you know, subtly releasing his true feelings towards Jazz that she's gross because <laughs> she's she's black. You know what I mean? Ugh. Yeah. Without overtly saying it, of course, but it's like ugh. I'm from Memphis, Jr. Woo-hoo. Who would Ooh, want to be with her? Wait yeah. a minute! Wait a minute! I feel like I have to retcon the worst angle. Can we kind of went in a jokey route before we're dead serious? The absolute worst angle and the uh, Booker T angle. Ugh, that yeah, was gross. That was one of the worst. Ugh, that, ugh. Oh man! But we try to stay fun on this show, so we try not to think about it. It goes in the special, way below the worst feud. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but as far let's move on to the next funny. <laughs> I'd put Booker in today's era. Uh, he would be a superstar in today's era. Oh, absolutely, man. Booker T. Good God, how talented is that guy? As far as like, who I, <laughs> as far as who I would say, I think Spanky is one of those dudes who had a lot of wrestling talent and a lot of charisma, but was never really yeah. used. Hey, you got to keep in mind he was a former for like two minutes WWE champion. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. of the Mike Adamley original championship scramble match, which I have always loved, I've always loved that match concept, and I hate that they just did mm-hmm. away with it. <clears throat> yeah, that's a good one. I guess I just didn't really think about him. One, I just hate the name Spanky, and right. then two, <laughs> it feels like he was there for just like a hot minute, and then he just was just gone. You know? Yeah, he'll be I back. Seen him. He'll, he'll be back. He'll be back in the Rufus timeline. So our next question is the man with the plan. <laughs> our next question comes from Stephen Orm, and he asks, "Sorry if I'm butchering your name." Also, he says, "Rock versus Austin at WrestleMania 17 was the peak of my wrestling fandom, and I'm wondering what was the peak match for each of you lads." Oof, Jake, let's start with you. I I can't really point to a peak match. Like I've got, I mean, 
being I'm I'm in a weird sort of cross section of fandom because when I was a kid, like Hulk Hogan was the big deal. And but being a poor kid, I didn't watch get to watch any pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. So I was formed by the not so much the match of, of Hulk matches of Hulk Hogan, but just the the cult of Hulkamania, really. Um, seeing him on when he was on so i would say that the peak of my fandom doesn't really have a match attached to it but more just a feeling and and it was like for me it was just the the golden era of hulk hogan and macho man randy savage and a lot of what's kind of formed who i am today comes from a lot of those guys you know the roddy pipers and stuff like that and you know for me that's that's who i really look to and and i think my resurgence in in the early 2010s like that that would be another time when i was a peak fan but it, it's really hard for me to say this match or that match because i mean i pick and choose from so many different eras it's hard to say what's my what's my favorite kyle what do you say yeah i'll uh, kind of echoing his uh his sentiment like i grew up poor and so i never really got pay-per-views and then my whole life with wrestling has been so patchy because it's been always one of those things that I've always been like, that's cool. But I just never have had an opportunity to really watch. Um, so uh, earlier, earlier for me, and there's no real like match, I guess, like as a very, very little kid, the peak for me was I remember there's an episode of Nitro and I know it's like an infamous type moment. But I, for some reason, I thought it was so cool at the time, even though everybody would agree that it was crap. It was like some kind of taser match type thing with, oh. Scott, with Scott Hall. I think it was him and uh, what's his name? It was like the, the Mexican guy. Chavo? Uh, I don't know if it was Chavo or uh, freaking. It might have been Hooventude. But yeah, I remember like the whole match concept. I think there was like, oh, Zap. And then Scott Hall came out and zapped him anyways. And I was like, oh, God, Scott Hall's so freaking cool. And for years, I was like, Scott Hall's my favorite. I got to see him. I was at, like, one of the uh, first TNA, like, pay-per-views, like, when it was strictly pay-per-view before they went to the asylum. And I remember when I got to see him there, I was, like, fresh off the plane ride from hell. He was just looking, like, tired and bloated. And he went up against freaking, uh, was it Scotty Too Hottie? <laughs> and it was it was so surreal because that whole thing was awkward as hell <laughs> but i remember freaking out so much for scott hall and then uh i know my answer's long so sorry i'll try to be more because um, my teen in my teenage years when i got back into wrestling during the mid to later ruthless aggression era just the whole like just the whole era of Shawn Michaels return. Like I was such a big March Mark for HBK back then. And then you went to fight undertaker and all that. Like I never got to see the pay-per-view, but you certainly saw those highlights and you just knew like, Oh my God, that's so freaking cool. I wish I had money. <laughs> and then, and then now I'm an adult and honestly just, um, just me and my current fandom. I know this year has kind of been stinky, but if you go back last year, uh, I wouldn't say particular matches. No, I'm just doing that as a cop out, but because like last year in 2019, I went to so many live shows mm. like that I have to count on two hands, and it was absolutely the best year for wrestling for me. That just and not only that, but I got my wife into it, so it's something that we shared. So like literally, just all of those live moment experiences are just incredible, and I couldn't just rate one as my absolute favorite. So there you go, that's my answer. <laughs> so the way I answer this is. I know a lot of people are going to be weirded out by my answer, 
I already am. <laughs> but for and they're gonna be like, well, why? So I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to ex- explain my why because when you think about peak wrestling moments, you you think of Austin versus Rock or you think of Hogan versus Andre or uh, NWO or you know one Liger of the, versus Pillman. But the bigger the one of the bigger things. But for me, it's really this 04 to 05 time period. Uh, mm-hmm. which was one of the things that really inspired me to make this podcast in the first place. Cause I, I tried to be transparent that, you know, this isn't just like, this isn't a, a wrestling podcast that you're used to, you know, where you might look at uh, wrestling, but like compare it to, to today per se. Cause I, I tried not to talk about current wrestling products. Quite frankly, I don't watch it. I'm not really a current wrestling fan like that. The idea of this podcast is to view it through how I how I saw it as a kid and how I see it now with a lot of years of, of wrestling watched under my belt and jaded feelings also. Uh, mm-hmm. And my absolute peak wrestling fandom where, you know, I was obsessed with wrestling. I was obsessed. I, I wrote my Dare Role Model paper in the fifth grade on The Undertaker. Nice. <laughs> I, I didn't write it on a teacher I respected. I didn't write it on my mom. I, my mom is my biggest role model in my life. But I wrote it on The Undertaker and got in front of my class, believing kayfabe, and said, <laughs> The Undertaker was buried at Survivor Series, but he's coming back at WrestleMania 20, and he's going to defeat Kane. I, I hope that this happens. Thank you. To a I, silent, er- confused classroom. Everybody went, I, ah! I have a similar story. When I was in middle school, the teacher said, I want you to come up with uh, an assignment, a song that makes you feel happy. And my response was, The Rock says, because it <laughs> meant that The Rock was coming out. <laughs> that That's actually a good answer. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's that's solid. You can't really knock that. Yeah. But everyone looked at me uh, like, what? Okay, like, okay, okay. Honestly, like, for me, I think... I think the point of this is sorry, uh, Mister Name Forgotten. No offense, I can't remember the name. What was the name was again? Fritz. This is Fritz. this is no. This is Stephen Orm. He's oh, sorry, Stephen. Stephen. Okay, number one super fan, Stephen Orm, my favorite fan, the guy who I uh, give a million dollars to if I met him in the streets. <laughs> I know you're probably looking for specifics from us, but I think we're gathering that like for all of us, like we couldn't name specific matches that we really love, but it's kind of more like a big feeling thing as far as like, what's your favorite. Now that Jake mentioned the rock, honestly, like as a kid, probably my peak feeling came during, uh, just the Hollywood rock era mm. real brief period. Cause every time that freaking like Epic <laughs> it's cooking kind of slow build opening came on, like, I hated him, but I couldn't help but be like, oh, it's going to be good, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I think it's best encapsulated by us as as a feeling. Like, for me, one of my favorite feelings, this is just so completely random, but it was an episode of Monday Night Raw. Randy Orton was just turned babyface, and all of the Raw roster is sick of Triple H's crap, and so they cornered him, all the faces, I think. I don't remember if the heels were a part of it. But they cornered him into the ring, and it was Randy Orton, Maven, Benoit. They all like hit their finishers on him. Everyone was like ramping up so that Randy could hit the RKO on him. It's one of my warmest, best feelings of wrestling. I I had so much fun watching that happen. Just Ric Flair and Triple H get their brief comeuppance. Yeah. Oh man. 
now it's like this is such a honestly it's, it's a deep like a question, question but yeah, <laughs> now it keeps bringing up memories that's a bit more specific for me i guess if you have to give a match that is peak like when i felt most attached to it other than like how i feel now for some stuff oh, got an answer now too was <laughs> the, fir- the first wrestlemania i ever got to watch um my friend john his mom paid for it because we were so into wrestling at the time it was wrestlemania 24 and just seeing that freaking Shawn michaels rick flair retirement match lot i thought you were going to say bradshaw versus finley <laughs> that was that was a close second that was such a fun opener i will never forget when bradshaw slammed with that trash can i was just like oh my god he destroyed him anyways but i still remember distinctly the big close-up pan on michael's face and the whole i'm sorry i love you like mm-hmm. oh so freaking good i was so hyped for that i remember afterwards just like as soon as the show went off just that feeling of like uh, you know <laughs> so for me i remember probably the the moment it like i had already had the the bubble burst but for the moment it was most real to me I remember when The Rock lost the title to Benoit at a pay-per-view, but there was some chicanery, and they're like, oh, no, The Rock didn't lose. He he won it back. But I remember watching, seeing them show the highlights of Benoit raising the title, and I was like, no! No! Because ben, Chris Benoit! And just being super mad, and then like, oh, no, see? See? I told you. I told you The Rock was better. And, I was, and then like, oh, man. Years later, I was like, oh, man, they got me. They got me good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, no. I hate that. Okay, man, you better be happy at this question. This much out of high mileage question, because now I'm thinking of, like, other moments. Right. I, I remember summer 07. Um, I was uh, at my dad's for the summer, and my, my friend John, uh, you know, we were in wrestling, I got to mention. He was at, like, a summer camp. And so we were such dorks. I would watch Monday Night Raw, and then I would call him and leave messages on his voicemail for his cell phone because he couldn't have a cell phone on him in camp and just give him recaps. Oh, and man, I would read raw. I read the I read the recap of the Survivor Series match against WCW to my friend over the phone, and my it, parents got mad at me for it. I feel like I that's mean, such like a peak wrestling thing also, is having yeah. your one friend that you just could not stop talking wrestling to. For yeah, me, I, I know, for me right? that was Dante, and we would talk for hours on the phone about yeah. the draft or who won the title, just stuff like that. So much I, fun. So, so anyway, I would do that. And I remember specifically a big moment for, for me was the, the draft at that point, the 2007 draft, because I remember being so excited that Chris Benoit was being drafted to ECW. Yes, yes. I, no matter how dumb it was, I thought the new ECW was so cool at the time because I was like, like, like 15 or 16. And I was like, oh, so edgy. <laughs> and then uh, you liked Kelly Kelly's expose, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> was your big, big boyfriend in that? Uh, uh, Mike Knox. Mike Knox. That's who it was. <laughs> Didn't Mike Knox get his head kicked off by Shawn Michaels, and he was like, "Who was that that I just kicked in the Survivor Series match?" I think. Oh my god, yeah. I think so. Yeah, he got eliminated in five seconds. Who was that? <laughs> <laughs> burial. Oh my, oh my gosh, big burial. But god. but yeah, this is this is fun. But let's do one more question, and uh, we'll get there back to our clips. There you go. There's your yeah. answer. Like a hundred times. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So sorry to anybody else's questions. So this is this next one comes from Worst of Ortiz on Instagram. He says, "Love yeah. you guys." Uh, you. I, I got to ask, how did you all meet? We kind of covered that, didn't we? Kind yeah. of, but I'll go. You're I'll go more loser. in depth. <laughs> as far as Kyle and I, 
here's the thing. Jake and Kyle have never met physically. Yeah, we've never met in real life. But they did come close. Did you guys work together at that store in Seattle, that one that you took me to? Yeah, it was a, well, it was a warehouse. He just wasn't there. Yes. Oh. But, so they came really close. I, I took Kyle uh, for a visit oh, to the gosh. warehouse. I was, I was, not, not to get on a tangent, I was recounting that to somebody yesterday because to make Levi laugh, okay, because we're both Tennessee boys and he's far up there in Seattle, I wore, like I had khakis and a button-up shirt, I looked nice, but then I wore like some big cowboy boots we had all bought as a joke in Nashville. And then I got this big gold Tennessee belt buckle that my dad had from when he was like a rowdy 20 year old weirdo. And I wore it (laughs) as a big joke. And then when I came to visit Levi, for one, he didn't even notice it when he first saw me. And I pointed it out and he's like, oh, and (laughs) he's so distracted on getting out of the airport. And then two, he had to bring me to introduce him to all his coworkers. And I felt like such a jackass. (laughs) It's like, hi, I'm Kyle. I'm from Tennessee. (laughs) <laughs> it's like duh <laughs> like such an idiot anyways next <laughs> so that's the story of how they almost met but uh as far yeah. as kyle and i go uh, i used to work at walmart and I, I and we had a mutual friend that uh, i became really good friends with and so eventually we was like hey you want to hang out after work and i'm like yeah of course and so uh i had just noticed when i went in there a couple times uh his roommates were kyle and aforementioned john I I just had seen them interacting and I was like, these dudes are so funny. Like, how do you get this funny? <laughs> I just really wanting to befriend them. And here, here's a fun fact about me. When I really want to befriend someone, I get so nervous and I, I become quiet and I'm just plotting in my head. Like, how do we become friends? Like how start do, sucking <laughs> your thumb and <laughs> how do, how do I, we, we became like genuine friends because, uh, I worked at a Domino's pizza. And of all times, I actually managed to get a Friday night. And I was like, it's the first Friday night I've had off in forever. I want to do something. And all my roommates are out of town. And I think at that point, my then-girlfriend, now-wife, had left uh, the town we were in and was back in with her parents for a bit. So I was like, I got no one. And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, that Levi guy, he was pretty cool. And so I reached out and I was like, hey, you know, I know we haven't really hung out much, but like, do you want to go get Mexican food or something? <laughs> Remember that? We went and got Mexican and we ended up like talking about wrestling basically the whole time. Yeah. I, one of the first times we really hung out, uh, this was like around 2014, 2015. Uh, we went to Taco Bell and we were just, we could not stop laughing because there was a guy who worked there. He was going in and out. And on his phone, he kept listening to that song. I'm in love with the Coco. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I'm loving to Coco. Fun fact: in our pilot episode, I put a meme of someone singing that song uh, as our main event song, as an homage to Kyle and I's friendship. <laughs> was it? Was it the uh, that old the uh, gospel? gospel? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in love with Coco. So, so great but yeah that's Anyways, that, that's how we met and became friends so but as far as i'll leave him out of here <laughs> he's sitting on the sidelines he's got a big tear in his eye but as far as uh how jake and i met i was working in seattle at the time uh and the, how i got to seattle from tennessee is a long story which i will not share here but um uh yeah jake came to work where i was working we became co-workers and you did that same quiet thing with me too i <laughs> <laughs> to my knowledge, how Jake recalled how we became friends, to my knowledge, uh, to my recollection, there was another guy we worked with. His name is Justin. And we became like subtle Mark friends together. 
Uh, mm-hmm. There was there was one morning we got our our manager to unknowingly read a rock promo before work, and we were just dying laughing. And so, uh, if I remember correctly, we were having a morning meeting, and we were just do, like doing our Mark stuff. And so Jake was like, "Oh, Marks!" And so <laughs> essentially, and it, hey, they're speaking my language. <laughs> and so we, Jake, you know, I think Jake did that thing that all of us wrestling fans do when we see a fan. It's like, "Hey, you a fan?" Yes. You, uh, <laughs> you, uh, you like wrestling? Or are you just making references? <laughs> so, and yeah, one of one of our uh, our pivotal moments in our friendship came when Jake wore a Bobby Roode shirt to work and um, did the whole Bobby Roode glorious taunt right there on the <laughs> uh, the rampway. It was amazing. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I I was so out of pocket at that job. I I mean, it was so much. I I loved that place. I wish I I hope that my this, favorite job ever. Yeah, my favorite job too. I hope I get to go back there. Yeah, but yeah, now I ask, I ask this question for the next All award. Right. What is your favorite episode? Favorite episode award. I think I think I've got it right. Uh, oops, I'm was the No Mercy episode the one with the cat fight. That was Backlash 2003. Then Backlash. I thought it was No Mercy, but then Backlash 2003. Because, I mean, that that's going to be a, a, yeah. That just whole thing with me not seeing the cat and then seeing the cat. <laughs> Dude, it, a, it lot of, a lot of fans who wrote in listed that as their, their the best bit was the literal cat and the cat fight. That was the funniest moment in the podcast. The it's funny. That's, yeah, I, that was, for me, that's my favorite episode because of that. Kyle, what is your favorite episode award go to? Throwing it for a loop because honestly, like it's it's an episode that I feel like is under underappreciated or a little under everybody's radar because you know we're discussion boy. But our bonus WCW Starcade '95 episode, <laughs> yes, just because like for one, I thought it was a, actually a lot of fun because I find that that weird kind of early '90s WCW era to be just like a lot of fun because it can either be like really genuinely entertaining or really genuinely stupid and really and, corny. Yeah. And not only that, but it has some <gasps> of our best bits. Cause that's, that's where uh, the freaking, isn't that where ghost mass and square garden was? Yes. Is it? I'm <laughs> yes. pretty certain that's where ghost mass and square garden. I know for a fact, that's where the Randy Savage to infinity and beyond thing. Or <laughs> 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 he's looking at this little action figure, him going like, you come alive, you alive dude. <laughs> You come alive when I leave the room. <laughs> you come alive when I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> Making fun of like Dusty's amazing commentary and all that stuff. Oh my god! Oh my god! Don't that remind me. Get him a hot toddy. Hot, hot toddy. toddy. <laughs> hot toddy. Hot toddy. <laughs> so stupid. I loved it. Everything about that was, was great. I loved it. Probably it's probably my favorite. Thank you. That, that was my idea. It makes me feel really good. One, oh, baby. One, yeah, we need to do another like that review like an old paper. One of our biggest listeners. Yeah, I mean, that's all we do is review old pay-per-views, but you know, and out of the timeline. One of one of our longtime listeners uh, named Jarek, uh, when I posted our new bonus episode, Star Katie's like, WTFY. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> just wanted to. <laughs> bonus episode, chill, man. We love you. Well, I mean, initially, if I could, I'll, I'll share a little behind the curtain. Uh, the reason I picked that specifically is not only because it's fun and there's a lot of nonsense but there's a lot of wrestlers from the time that we're in 
before they really blossomed. And so that's part of the reason was why I picked Starcade 95 is because there's a lot of talent that we're that we see as household names now in the timeline mm-hmm. really finding their way in 95. So like that's Alex that's, Wright. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> like Alex Wright. <laughs> you know, I got to say, like, I love like corny WCW uh, Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> right. He was like all American and all that stuff. It was so great. Like he was—he's talented and fantastic, but his character was so corny. (laughs) He's Edward Guerrero, the white meat baby face. Yeah. (laughs) For me, my favorite episode I listed, and I swear this is not a cop out, but Armageddon 2003, our most recent one, is our most recent one. Everything, everything just worked in that episode. Yeah, that was that was good. That was a lot of fun. I finally figured out like proper. audio quality and just from a personal editing standpoint i I figured out a lot of things because a lot of this has been a learning process i did not come into this as a professional by no means but and i'm not one now but um just the opening bit with like folks i'm gonna go down there and just beat up triple h was just as our opening bit was just so funny to me Uh, (laughs) it was it was just a natural fun conversation the whole time and it was just one of my favorite episodes and if i had to like really dig deep i would say wrestlemania 19 would be another favorite that's of mine. good that's i can good say one. for me personally the biggest ruthless aggression uh was our wrestlemania 19 episode was really long and at one point it took two to, like, sessions to do <laughs> it took two sessions to do and so by the end of it like we were just like Exhausted. something we weren't enthusiastic it's just sometimes you record this you just get a little tired especially because our old schedule you be so wonky now we start earlier so we have like better energy but whatever and i feel like we sped through rock versus austin a little too fast and it always is kind of like it's always been like the little little negative dot on that episode it always makes you feel a little bad well kyle maybe in the off season we can go back and take a look at it we'll do an entire episode dedicated to rock versus austin there. <laughs> five hours rock versus austin <laughs> so in, in this frame austin walked one inch to the left and in this frame he continued that motion if you look in the back a man is holding appears to be a, a tall boy can of cur which at the time at the stadium boy. was about five dollars and 78 cents now adjusted for inflation is about eight or nine dollars so and now folks for some reason there's that really fat man from our no mercy 2003 review who was on the hard <laughs> camera the entire time he is back he is back now, folks, for some reason, we are recapping this thing frame by frame, sound like Jim Ross. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Jake, have you had the new uh, grilled cheese burrito from uh, Taco Bell? The grilled cheese? No. You mean the quesarito? No, no, no. It's a grilled cheese. They put, like, cheese on the up. I'm sorry, Kyle. What are you doing? Kyle, what are you doing? I'm a crack addict. I'm addicted to cracking skulls. <laughs> You know, that reminds me. We, let's take a look back at some of the best pay-per-view theme songs, or maybe the worst, that we have seen in the Ruthless Timeline. So, yeah, Saliva performs. And, uh, Kyle, do you want to do a, a Ruthless cover, kind of like we did on the last episode? Yeah, sure. Oh, 
fucking Beautiful. I slip away further from you, <laughs> trying to find yeah. what is real. I'm falling behind. And something that I can't feel. I'm falling away. I keep it in me. It's this what it takes. To keep me alive So you take me And you break me And I feel like a boy Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the Royal Rumble! Wow! Aggression Podcast, WrestleMania 19, bringing you all the hottest action with the three biggest jabronis in the world. There's 30 people that have uh, evaporated because of that virus. <laughs> they just evaporated, huh? I see them, they look at me and go, God, it's looking so crazy, my baby. I'm not myself lately. I'm foolish, I don't do this. I've been playing myself, baby, I don't care. Something like that. No. <laughs> For some reason, like... Baby, you're making a fool of me. You got me sprung and I don't care. Cut to Michael Cole and Taz. They're hyping up No Way Out in Montreal next month. And uh, Kyle, uh, what's the theme song for that show? <sighs> we come to this now. Wake me up, wake me up, let the ground wake up, wake me up, I hate Evanescence. I hated that song. So, fellas, I gotta ask, what do you deem as the best pay-per-view theme song? Jake, let's start with you. There's only one answer to this. It's Crack Addict. Kyle? (laughs) So, Crack Addict is pretty obvious, but what was that other one? It's like, for some reason... <laughs> Remember, it was one of our early. Um, always oh, no. by saliva. Yeah, wasn't it the one that they oh, they played live that. at the world? Yes. Yeah, in that episode, they they played that song so freaking much. It's like they had to get every penny's worth out of that one. But yeah, it's oh my gosh, that was fun. That's probably my favorite one. All right, so on three, we're gonna say our favorites, okay? One, two, three. Crack at it. Crack at it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
I would be remiss if I did not bring up <clears throat> Wake Me Up. Wake Me Up is a get wake up. That's my least favorite. I hate that song. Save me. Save me. That's what, that's what Ric Flair's saying as he's like falling. <laughs> I want to die. No, it's don't save me. Wake me up inside, Vince. No. <laughs> no, you've got to make me muddy. Come here, Rick. Give me a kiss. No. My lips are chapped. Our next award is Wrestler of the Year. And this can obviously span from 2002. So. More like 2000 poo. <laughs> Kyle, who do you award Wrestler of the Year? Wrestler. Wrestler of the Year. Year, year, year. Year, year. Who? Goldberg, dude. Let's be honest. <laughs> Definitely Goldberg because he's the biggest, best champ and everyone loves him. No. Nah. But as far as like wrestler of the year goes, I mean, for me personally, and it's also like stuff connected to it too. Uh, just overall, it's got to be Brock. Brock Lesnar. Solid. Solid choice. Just because like I am just so surprised at how good he is. Like, I just forgot. I just forgot how genuinely, naturally talented Brock Lesnar was just because I'm so used to, you know, modern day MMA Brock or just, you know, just suplexes and that's it. Like, now he's an attraction. Now he's like, you know, Big Show more or less, but with muscles. Uh, yeah, I was going to say he's what you think Big Show has always been. Yeah, more or less. But like back then, like, no, like he had just raw talent, like just oozed it. And the thing is, like, it didn't matter if he was, like, face or heel. Like, he did both incredibly well. Even whenever he started to, you know, of course, Paul Heyman was his crutch for a while. But when he started to get away from Paul, even, he was still just solid as hell on his own. Agreed. So much intensity and stuff. Like, good God. Yeah, Brock Lesnar. Jake, what do you say? I It came down to me choosing between Brock and Kurt, actually. It's really funny. That you think Brock. Yeah. But, like, for me... <laughs> It came down. I was like, okay, well, who won the title last is what it really came down to. <laughs> and that's how I, I split it. I was like, well, let's go. I'm going to say Kurt Angle. So, and I was just like that. Yeah, I, I, I went head to head record, Kurt versus Brock. And I picked who won more over the course of the year head to head. And so I, I chose Kurt Angle. Yeah, that's totally fair. Like Kurt, if if not wrestler of the year, also, like they could both share it. They both get an extra wide belt and wear it at the same time. <laughs> it's like the uh the couple's underwear <laughs> one goes in one side one goes in the other so to speak folks and you were just touching pelvises it's kind of awkward you know folks i, I gotta say touch, uh, if you want to touch pelvises with someone near <laughs> you you need to get blue chew hey, hey they don't pay us any money <laughs> You need to get Dr. Goofy's boner pills. Folks, <laughs> I got to tell you, you know, since, uh, since kicking that fat load Conrad to the curb and starting my own podcast, just me, I got to say Dr. Goofy's boner pills are way better than that blue crap. <laughs> you can buy a whole bulk of them from Mexico for just five cents. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> my, my answer would be Shawn Michaels. Ooh, okay. Because That's also very good. As we touched base with, um, and, and spanning back to 2002, his comeback at SummerSlam as well as Survivor Series. Man, by the time Survivor Series 03 rolled around, he was on a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. And he was the guy on Raw. He really and truly was, you know, because you had guys who were pushed like that and Goldberg and Triple H and Kane. But the real star, the real diamond in the rough was Shawn Michaels. 
the, oh, un- yeah. the unsung hero, so to speak. Whenever he came back and he was like feuding with Triple H, like that was some good stuff. Dude, no, it wasn't. It was great stuff. <laughs> I was about to say, like, what? 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 <laughs> Dang old what? So, of course. Honestly, I'm, I'm interested in who we're going to say is the stinkiest wrestler of the year. Well, then I'll start out and, say, and uh, give the flop of the year award. Which wrestler turned out to be a flop? That would be Scott Steiner tied with Kane. Ooh, okay. Is this just like worst wrestler of the year? It, no, or no, no, just it's the flop. Who was supposed to be okay. big and the flop? And the reason and I say the, the reasons with Steiner are obvious. You know, you had that big build up, big build up yeah. to Royal Rumble, and had a belly to belly match with Triple H, and where he got gassed, and then No Way Out was more of the same. Wasn't even on WrestleMania. Came back for Backlash to save Stacy Keebler. From the cat and the cat fight, I guess. I have no idea. Uh, then he gets into this giant feud with Test, where he becomes property of Test eventually, and then uh, assaults and demeans <laughs> Stacy Keebler. Like property of Test, and they make him dance backstage while they all clap. Dance, dance, dance. Can, can, you, guys, can you guys That's recall sick. a bigger decline in a wrestler and their push? Like, this has got to be one of the most drastic examples. Just drop him off the face of the earth, yeah. My goodness. Jake, it was pretty, who do you yeah. say? Well, I mean, mine... mine oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't finish my thought. And oh, with, yeah, go ahead. And with Kane, I touched base on this in our Armageddon review, but we all have that memory of him taking off of the mask and it being just this iconic moment. Yeah. Titty wobble. But being sandbagged and saddled with Shane McMahon did him yeah, no favors. Being on this level of not getting definitive win really ruined his character out of the gate. And so we're unsure if he'll recover, but we know because we know his the history of it. So he flopped. He flopped to me. So, Jake, go ahead. Who do you say? I, I pick Goldberg as my uh, flop of the year. Like, he, he was supposed to come in and, and be the superstar and be the next big face, and he just didn't. Like, he, he came in hot, and it seemed like every week he cooled off you know exponentially and just never quite made it back like I, i've been i've been harsh on goldberg in this podcast i mean part of part of it's a joke at this point but i really think that he came in and he underperformed and he did not do well well for me i had to kind of think about it because there's a few things i thought goldberg but then i thought like well yeah he personally for us like match quality was a flop but like Fans loved him, and he was a champ for a while. I mean, not the best one. He should have won in the freaking uh, Elimination Chamber, but what do you do? So I can't entirely say Goldberg. Scott Steiner is probably the most obvious one. Oh, I didn't mean to say that first. I meant to say him last. Sorry, because my my choice is Scott Steiner, but I want to explain why. Uh, So yeah, Goldberg. And then the next I thought would be Kevin Nash, because his return was just garbage. Like, it came out like, hey, look at me. Remember how cool I am? And then just looked like crap. But then whenever he left and that one, wasn't it an Elimination Chamber match? Where he got eliminated early, but he looked really good doing it. It made me kind of go, okay, Kevin, I'll give you some credit. Yeah, that's from SummerSlam. But, but Scott Steiner, man, I can't help but, like, his was the absolute worst. So, yeah, I have to agree with Levi. Like, <laughs> from the get-go, 
He like, you know, he came in, he had a lot of hype, he had his wacky, crazy promos, people were genuinely excited, and then he just looked like a, a scared puppy dog or something <laughs> in his match with Triple H. He looked so like out yeah. of his comfort zone. He got gassed super early, he got really exposed, and after that, it was just it was such a sharp decline. Like good God. Like ugh. He's back. <laughs> man it just it doesn't get any easier listening back to it scott i'm glad i'm glad he went to tna and redeemed himself somewhat which is yeah very very rare to say that but so pivoting to our final awards final who awards kyle we'll start with you yes who had the best year in 2003 best year in 2003 uh it's kind of hard to say because it's like based off the metrics. Like if you're going like kayfabe, who had the best year? Oh, it's strictly kayfabe. Oh, strictly kayfabe. Because I mean, if you're not looking at kayfabe, it's like, well, did Shane McMahon win a million dollars in the stocks? I'm like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> Shane McMahon cashed out on his uh, his WCW IPO. Peanut butter jail. But yeah, kayfabe, from a kayfabe perspective, who had the kayfabe best year? standpoint, who had the best year? Um, maybe. Uh, it's kind of hard. Like, I want to say something, though I don't necessarily agree with it as far as entertainment-wise. Kind of, sort of, Goldberg. When you think of the talent he has versus what they actually gave him, I mean, he held the strap for a little bit. He had a solid year, yeah. Like strictly, in I mean, kayfabe. people people did try to kill him, and he did get people his tried ankle to kill broken. Him. But the fans, no matter no matter what, no matter our feelings, yeah. you can't not watch his matches and see that the fans are genuinely behind him every time. You know, until they're not. Until they're not, yeah. Later on, that's fair. I mean, as far as like non kayfabe, just like who had the best year? I mean. Part of me wants to say, like, Kurt, even though he was injured for a good bit of it, you know? Mm, yeah. Just because his return was so good. It's it's funny you say Kurt and had Lesnar for your wrestler of the year because I have him the other way. I had Lesnar as my who had the best year. But when you when you bring kayfabe into it, I got to say Triple H. Oh, my God. Yeah. See, this is why I don't like talking about the kayfabe stuff sometimes. <laughs> Like Triple H had the best year. He was the champion the longest. He uh, his friends are the most powerful. Like he ran Raw for the entire year. Triple H had the best kayfabe year. That is also like, my answer. I would I would say like for me, I guess I'm just saying Gold Triple H just because he just was babyface, so we get right. babyface pop. Yeah. But I guess if you're talking about strictly kayfabe, yeah, I suppose yeah, big crappy heel Triple H, Reign of Terror. He single-handedly destroyed WCW in the year 2003. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Even spanning from 2002. Even spanning into 2002, he was awarded the World Heavyweight Championship by Eric Bischoff, ran through RVD, Kane, gave his friend the belt at Survivor Series, won it back a month later, uh, destroyed Scott Steiner, embarrassed him, did it again a month later, was racist to Booker T, and still won the World Heavyweight Championship. 
with the longest, with the biggest burial of all time. What was it? Nine seconds after the pedigree that he got the 19 cover. Nineteen seconds. Pardon me. Nineteen seconds. I was, I biggest burial of all time. I was watching that with my wife. She got so mad at that because she's like, "What the hell?" <laughs> He, he had a month off at Backlash for a six-man tag. He skirted by with it on a DQ at Kevin Nash at Judgment Day. Won it against Kevin Nash in the Hell in a Cell at Bad Blood. SummerSlam, he got by with the wackiest sledgehammer finish to Goldberg, ruining that match, which we otherwise all deemed as an excellent match. Even me. Did mm-hmm. the business, did the job at Unforgiven to Goldberg, finally, mercifully, but obviously... When nobody wanted it. Obviously, won it back at Armageddon, continuing the reign of terror, but having the best darn year for him personally. <laughs> Here comes the pain. It's, it's why we need you, Levi. You're the one with all the ruthless knowledge. <laughs> Listen, here's a little peek behind the curtain. I watch every Raw and SmackDown. I don't take extensive right, notes on them, but I'm like, okay, that happened. Because my, my goal in doing it and not just meticulously writing notes is, one, I need my sane note-taking power for the pay-per-views. Because if, if I'm taking notes on every Raw and SmackDown, I'm just like, this is not fun. <laughs> Yep. Well, because there's so much that happens, you're just like, why? Why do I care? I don't want homework. I want a hobby. <laughs> this is why I do that. For um, me, it really depends on the pay per view if I'm going to watch the Raws and SmackDown. Because yeah, it's never before; it's always after. Like whenever we watch the episode um, after the Hell in a Cell between you know Brock and Taker, I watched all the SmackDowns afterward. I got to do next, you know, especially yeah. like after. He lost the title to Big Show. I watched the episodes after that. But yeah. since he's had like big stinkers, I'd be like, uh, <laughs> nah, I don't want to. Wanna... Like, I did not watch any of the, the Raws immediately after Bad Blood. <laughs> there are some shows that I need to take a break from wrestling after I watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I say that to say, when it comes to note taking on the pay per views, I will sometimes frame frame by frame, not not literal frame, but like a move will happen. I will pause and write it down, write down what happened. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll write down whole dialogues of what happened. So I, I'm pretty knowledgeable on what happens in the pay-per-views. Uh, you got to so. count those spaghetti. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> and the, and the spaghetti slams. <laughs> so for those reasons, Triple H had the best year in 2003. I'm going to keep skating. And so now we say, who had the worst year in 2003? Jake, let's start with you. Oh, man. I, mine's, mine's a little cheeky, so to speak, for an answer. Um, Stacy Keebler had the worst year oh, in 2003. You stole my answer. No. You guys had the same answer as me. Yeah. Oh, my God. So since we all have the same answer, here was Stacy Keebler's 2003. I have it written down in note form. <laughs> so to start the year, she started out with Test as his manager. And she was constantly beat up on by Chris Jericho and Christian. At one point, getting hit in the face with a steel chair by Chris Jericho and being stretchered out. Oh my God! All the while, all the while, Test, her boyfriend, is salivating over Tori Wilson's Playboy and trying to hook up with chicks on Girls Gone Wild. <laughs> Stacy hates it and wishes he'd stop, but he progressively gets more aggressive. This spills over into the co-branded pay-per-view backlash, where Test sexually assaults Tori, Stacy's best 
friend, to which Sable, who's been spying, spins it and says, well, you know, Tori, Stacy's best friend, mind you, was making out a test, which leads to a confrontation, which leads to the BFFs fighting, which draws a literal cat into the cat fight. <laughs> From here, Stacy finds out Tess becomes full-on hill, making Stacy miserable, as we see in the Titantron every week. Steiner shows compassion on Stacy in this backlash review and looks to help her out, and Tess is like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, no, you stupid, or whatever. All looks to be on the men until Tess challenges Steiner to a rematch for Stacy's services and fakes an injury to win the match and the services of Stacy, thus bringing her back to Tess. And that very night, Stacy is forced to participate in Tess's lap dance party for his hill friends, Steven Richards and Rico. Dance, 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 Tess and Steiner are challenging for the tag titles where Stacy is actively trying to sabotage the match so that Tess will lose. This unknowingly causes Steiner to resent Stacy, and he shows it by giving her a belly-to-belly suplex, thus turning on her. The following week, Stone Cold gives her a Stone Cold stunner for not drinking a beer with him. So dumb. She becomes stuck in a miserable partnership with not one abusive meathead, but two. So finally... Finally, in December of 03, Stacy's unluck came to an end when as Steiner and Tess were literally trying to make Stacy kiss her honeys in the ring, Mick Foley comes out and frees Stacy of her managerial services to test. And this is why Stacy had the worst 2003. Bellas, <laughs> thoughts? You? <laughs> bad for her <laughs> i'm so glad you guys had the same answer <laughs> yeah, like, like some of these questions it's like hey what, what's the best one it's like i have to think on it for a while because it's like there's a lot of layers to the uh, best but the worst it was like immediately stacy kingdom <laughs> immediately yeah there's only one word you can use to describe stacy the whole year and it's just property and that's so awful yeah so I, I've been nectar. I've been plotting this. Oh my gosh, how could I forget? You know, I for one know what it's like to taste the sweet nectar of a woman's juices. That's more blubber ray, actually. Yeah. He, I'm, I don't think he does. <laughs> Velvet Holler would disagree with you. Hey oh. <laughs> but yeah, I've I've been plotting this best of episode for quite some time now. It's been a few months, and when I thought about you know. Who would have the best and worst year? I definitely had Stacey Keebler in mind informing this bit of the awards show because truly just every week something was happening to her. <laughs> it's like this poor woman. You just feel so, you feel bad for her. You feel for her. I don't. She's gross. I'll kiss my ass. <laughs> she deserved it. Hey, Stacey, come over here and kiss my ass. So with that said, we close the book on 2002 and 2003. And fellas, it was it was a fun ride. It's a fun ride with you guys on the ruthless roller coaster. <laughs> Sounds like you're ever like, and with that, I, I the show. No, the show is not <laughs> over, but we will be taking some time off, as I mentioned in our last review. 
and this will allow me to just kind of like take a freaking break from this, you know? Word. <laughs> yeah. Everybody send Levi a, a dollar for being so cool doing all the, the, the hard work of the show. It ain't easy, folks. But it is fun and it is worthwhile, and we appreciate you all listening. But if you can't get enough ruthless goodness, you can follow us on Twitter. Do you agree with our award selections? Do you disagree with them? Tweet us at Ruthless Pod, and we will tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> you can also follow us on Instagram at Ruthless Aggression Podcast, Facebook, The Ruthless Aggression Podcast, and YouTube, The Ruthless Aggression Podcast. We're almost at 100 subs. Dang near. Big Show can eat 100 subs. Oh. Jake, where can they follow you in this offseason? I know you're going to be busy. I know you're going to have some work cranking out. I'm going to be busy. I, I am still the host of my show with Alex and Jake. And that is until I that. take over. Yeah, I mean, until it's my show with Alex and Jake hosted by Levi. Um, <laughs> that's available at badfacts.info. You can find me on Twitter at JakeTaber541. Um, it, sometimes it's existential ramblings. Sometimes I talk about wrestling. Uh, it's fun either way. You can find me on Instagram at Red Arrow Productions, and that's where we post a lot of our stuff. Uh, Facebook, also Red Arrow Productions. So that's the best way to find me if you want some more delicious Jake content. And Big Juicy Kyle, where can they follow you? Uh, you can't really, you can't really, uh, you can't. Really, but if you need me, reach out to us at Ruthless Pod Twitter. Just hashtag Big Sexy Kyle, I guess. <laughs> juicy Kyle. Big Juicy Kyle. I'll be Juicy Kyle with you. Next time you see us, we're going to be reviewing one of my favorite shows, Royal Rumble 2004. And one of my favorite wrestling years. So it's going to be a bit of a break, but we will be back better than ever and we'll have a knack for making things better. Oh, come on. Nothing. Nothing. No, I, I was waiting for you to... Uh, Teddy Grams. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, go back and listen to all our old episodes. Go back and just... And just laugh. Binge it. Binge it. All that good stuff. Binge but in the meantime, binge. I'm Levi. I'm Kyle. I'm Jake. Reminding you too... Stay ruthless.